So, Adam. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has. It has been a couple of weeks. How have you been? I've been all right. I've been I've been pretty busy. What about you? Yeah, I've been I've been busy, but probably not in the same way you have. I've been That's running right. around. <laughs> uh, oh man, both for me. A lot of a lot of running around. Ah, oh, so sure is nice not to have Michael around. It's so great. <laughs> it's so you know great. he can hear you, right? Yeah, he can hear me say "fuck you, motherfucker." <sighs> that was such a great intro, Chris. Thank you for doing that. I'm sorry you had to have Adam ruin that shit. That was glorious. Damn. Especially with us all three being here, it's always like, I don't want to start every single episode. And Chris roll into a start, something that Adam, the supposed star, cannot do. He can't can't do it. I, I gotta let y'all leave it to- I, You know, I take, I'm like that hero that takes on like the demon lord, and y'all are like the guys who go and clean up like the, the little podunk shit. I gotta let y'all have like some of the glory. Y'all gotta get to. You're like that. I gotta get your level somehow. You're like that hero that lets everybody down. Like you fly in with this <laughs> golden cape and this silver gleaming hair with this awesome pose, and you have world's best RPG fan blazing on your chest, and the kids are like, "That's Adam. He's the RPG hero." And you're like, "Fuck, sweet code," and they go, "Oh." Wait, wait, what? And then I've been sui coding over and I just fuck it right in front of you. Right in front of you. Just like, yeah, let me show you some. I let me, can't. Let me lay down some facts let here. This down. Lay Didn't down some facts. You miss us, Michael. Oh, uh, yeah. Missed it all. Oh, Literally man. and figuratively. Ooh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. We're going to start this episode off with a well-deserved apology to the audience. We did miss last week. Uh, some last-minute crucial things came up on uh, Chris and uh, Adam's end, and I, of course, was still out. Unfortunately, I couldn't record, so uh didn't want to leave it up to Chris to do a solo podcast. That uh, That's something that apparently the Super Best Friends are doing. Uh, apparently, Wooly has his own podcast now. Hmm believe his episode zero starts this week that's gonna be interesting but we do not do solo podcasts yet until adam decides to streak off on his own i like how to streak off on my own like i'm gonna do it (laughs) it's a naked podcast sounds up wait wait are we supposed to have clothes on for this i mean we're not video yet so i keep my socks on (laughs) (laughs) so yeah apologies to the audience uh we missed a week this year sorry it happens uh and we know given holidays and given who knows what especially with one of us being able to just get pulled at any, any given moment that can happen but we we do make an effort to try to get as many episodes throughout the year, preferably every single week we possibly can. The week before that, uh, as 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 you see and as you heard, hopefully, uh, Chris and Adam picked up the slack that I was leaving by not being here, having fun in Disney, which I'll get to in my week. Yeah, I was. I don't know. Like it's it's such a weird thing to say and feel, but I listened to that podcast. And I was, I was, I'm so proud of you guys. This is, this is good. This is really good. Proud that we can, we can like, Adam's we can like talk and stuff. Oh, well, you know what? Fuck you, man. (laughs) Uh, seemed like a very, a a very good episode, man. Uh, I feel that That, I wasn't needed. That's that's because it's true. Over it. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) 
So yeah, for 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 you two, it's been a week, a uh, couple weeks. For me, it's been three weeks. Damn it, mm-hmm. I swear it feels like a month. But lots of good stuff's been going on. Uh, man, we may have a long episode today, so I feel pretty comfortable rolling into the weeks right off the bat. Unless number one, we have any corrections from either the week that doesn't exist <laughs> or the week that I wasn't here. Well, actually, we Anything didn't do a podcast last week, so. No, that's what I'm saying. Everything was wrong. I said. I said that. Everything first. was wrong. That. Thanks. For it was it. all wrong. You're wrong. Fuck you. Uh, I guess any big news details, or we may be able to swing in our weeks. Um, not big stuff. I have a couple small news items that we want to talk about. Those. All right. Yeah. Let's just um, fly with it. I didn't put it on my list, but I did get another reminder email from PlayStation about them taking the Vita and PS3 games off the PS Plus free games. So yeah, it'll be yeah, only PS4 well. games like January or February. Yeah. So that's still coming. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, yeah. the PlayStation 3 has had its time, and it's nice to get a bunch of free games on it, but we knew this was coming. Yeah. The Vita, I guess, is something that exists. So <laughs> A lot of people sing, can... sing its praise. It's very underrated, but I just never... Yeah. Had the desire, you know. Yep. Runs into the same handheld gambit for me that all the other ones do. Um, <sighs> another thing, I got an email. This is how I get you know, most of my news is these people sending me emails. Uh, Ubisoft right. sent me an email saying, hey, we're making a change to our Ubisoft club units, which I had no idea that's actually what they were called. They just had the little U icon. I was like, yeah, they're a little point system thing. Uh, I've mm-hmm. never seen it spelled out before. But they just call them units. Um, they got lazy yeah right so I'll pull the email just to confirm I believe it's March but basically they're going to make your points start expiring after three Mm. years what Um, for yeah it's for most people I don't think that's a huge deal Um, because I mean I don't know how many people actually use their their Ubisoft club but aren't they like pay points like you have to buy those Mm. uh no, no, these are not the Helix credits that you oh, buy. Okay. okay, These are points you earn by playing games, which is what I really like about them, because I've played like every Assassin's Creed, right? So I have mm-hmm. all these points saved up, and when the next Assassin's Creed comes out, or another Ubisoft title that I want to spend points on, I'll spend points and get a boost starting the game or something, you know? Well, see, here, here's what I see a problem in that, and this may have been where you were going with this, but like, if you use it and you play Assassin's Creed... Right, and you gain like X number of points, and you wait for the next Assassin's Creed game to come out. It, those points may be close to expiring, or may have expired by the time you actually get to you know where you want to use them. And especially when it's something you got to get from gameplay, where you have to grind it out. I mean, it's not that bad. Um, the and it's April first is when your first set of points are going to expire, and it's two years from the date of acquisition. Um, hmm. which considering this is Assassin's Creed game every year, not a big deal. There's so many other Ubisoft titles, not a big deal. Um, I had points from all these Assassin's Creed games, of course, and I had points from like, uh, what was the other game? Uh, the, 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 not Far Cry. What's the other one? The, uh, Wilderness. Division. No, the Wilderness one. Um, oh. why am I drawing a blank on this? Wilderness. Um, but, but also Ubisoft. Rainbow Six is on there. You know, all these other titles, so there's constantly stuff to spend your points on. That's not an issue. I only had a bank because I only spend them on Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. I went in and I was like, oh, it, and in, 
the email gets sends you to a link that says, hey, you have this many points expiring in, you know, March 31st, you need to use them by them. So I went, okay, let me go to all the games I currently have. And I spent like my 1300 points I had or whatever it was over that would expire. I'm like, okay, so I have plenty for the next game. Next two games, probably. I'm fine. And I'm going to earn more. So I don't, it, I don't understand why they're doing it, but I don't really care that they're doing it. If that makes sense, you know? Right. As long as they make the points that are about to expire, like the first thing you spend yes, when, you, when you buy something, then <laughs> they don't try to just that screw you over. Case. and say, oh, you, you spend get... oldest or newest. Yeah. As long as they're not like trying to game the system like that, yeah. then I'm cool with it. It's I can kind of see why they do it because they may want to adjust like the flow rate of those points over time. Yeah. And, you know, maybe like older games have like the dial turned up too much uh, or something I, like that and gives them two years to fix I it. I kind of wonder if they are doing it as an incentive to use them because people like me are hoarding them. They're crashing the economy, I'm man. sure. The economy yeah. of imaginary points. They're going points. through their own little 19... They're going through their own little stock market crash, you know, right now because nobody's spending their Ubisoft points. I don't know. Got fucking the game developers jumping out of windows and shit. Uh. They like it, they're on the first floor and everybody's just looking at them all funny. It begs the question of why. Yeah. Are are you are you telling me that these imaginary points that don't cost money out of your pocket that you accrue and use for whatever in this game is just taking up storage space? Like what's the what's the why even do this? So other than that, I don't know and I don't care because I don't have it. <laughs> Maybe they just don't want to have to continue to support it. Yeah. I mean, Maybe, uh, they're maybe, going yeah. to. The support is unchanging. They're actually expanding it, making the system more robust, which I guess is the reason. Because I, I read through the email just now again, and it doesn't say any kind of explanation. It just says, hey, we're transforming, you know, the club as Ubisoft and its games continues to evolve. You know, the club has to transform as well. So That's what I'm saying. Maybe the value of these points is going to go up at some point and maybe you'll be able to buy like a fucking hat or a t-shirt or something with enough points later <laughs> on or like a coffee mug or something yeah, like and that if, and if it's something that has real world value and then you've got people that have been hoarding this stuff and they buy like the fucking ubisoft ferrari on the first day they don't they don't want that so if it's to incentivize it. people to say purchase different games to get different points to use different points like if it's if it if it's some type of incentive, the three-year gap makes it makes that seem fairly pointless as well. If you're that if you're that into this system, if you're that mm-hmm. into this thing, you're gonna be getting points and blowing them as you get them anyway. It just well, it seems like a very eh. I mean, I spend the points and I buy most of the Assassin's Creed stuff. It's just I happen to yeah. earn more than I spend, but only I would say thirty percent of my points were expiring. I'd already used, yeah. you know, enough old ones to be pretty good on it. And I just went and bought everything else in Assassin's Creed I didn't have. And then I said, oh, I don't have any any other Assassin's Creed stuff. Let me look at the other games. Oh, hey, I'll mm-hmm. go buy this one thing on Rayman. It'll give me a bunch of credits next time I play the game, you know, or in-game currency, whatever they are, the orbs. Um, I was like, oh, I don't play mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege very often, and I haven't in a while. But sure, I'll buy this, you know... Uh, skin for this weapon it looks pretty cool if i ever use it i'll have it you know (laughs) it'd be pretty cool if like they tracked how many ubisoft games you had and then gave you like a points multiplier for every game in your game in your library they did totally track all your games 
Like, I can see every Ubisoft game I've played on a system linked to my account. So I can see all the Assassin's Creed's linked. Because that would incentivize you to buy the new, like, say if you had to buy them, like, the multiplier only stacked if you didn't miss a game. <laughs> so, like, you got, like, a two times multiplier for buying two straight Ubisoft titles, and then three times for three, and, you know... You're like, oh, no, really. It would at least make you think about it when the new Ubisoft game comes out. You're like, oh, you know, I've got a five, I get a five times multiplier if I buy this game. They'd have to have more value to it. You know, I was kind of on the fence about it, but this is kind of pushing me over. Yeah, they'd have to do a lot of work for that to be something to justify buying the game. Speaking of some shady things that companies are doing, oh boy, uh, I've got I've got one news article here that spanned about five, six other ones in my head. Because mind you, I've been like three weeks with gaming news, mm-hmm. uh, and I give full credit to this first one to uh, the Easy Allies. I heard this on their podcast, which I watched today. Uh, apparently, the Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition is getting in-game ads. And it is a opt out mandatory situation apparently. So this is gonna this is gonna come as an update and you have to opt out, otherwise this shit's gonna happen. It is it is ugly to me. Yeah. It's it's got like Ryu has freaking logos on his fighting gloves. You know, on his gi. Maybe maybe they'll have them on their bandanas and boots. Like this is ugh. This is horrid. I don't like it. Uh, I, I get why ads exist. I get the advertising, but this looks. But that's gross. not a free it's game, is it? I don't believe it's free. So, no, no. I mean, you got to pay for yeah, it. Yeah. So ads. Yeah, I'm, I'm not cool with that. If it was a free to play game, okay, yeah. I understand. But a pay to play game, and no. <laughs> it looks so like there's a there's a versus screen with Ryu versus Balrog, and it shows them with all these logos on their gloves and on their gi and on their jackets. And this, uh, oh, please stop, stop! I, I uh, hate myself for looking this up I'm, right now. I'm o- <laughs> I'm kind of okay with a certain amount of ads, like uh, not like ads, ads like the game stops and you watch a commercial. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, if I see a Pepsi can in the background, that isn't gonna yeah, offend me. Know. I think uh, okay. and if I see if I see real world products put in real world places like they do in movies, yeah. you know, it's like, OK, you know, what? I can deal with that as long as it doesn't get like, you know, use the coke to attack an enemy. Well, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know? Ben Moore, again, also from Easy Allies, made the made the perfect example of the, the ads that I probably wouldn't care as. And I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase, quote him as best I can. If you saw ads like that in, say, Final Fight. If there was like a Final Fight remake, uh, uh, res up whatever, and you're walking down the street and there's a big ad with a giant Mountain Dew sign on it as you're going down the street, ah, no big deal. If this was something where mainly, if it was only in the background and it was as minimal as they possibly could make it, again, I wouldn't care. If I'm fighting in Italy and for some reason there's a fucking one of those signs and it's got Subway on it, okay, whatever. But when I'm looking at characters with their with their garb on and you have like NASCAR plastered logos all over them, it just doesn't suit. It doesn't sit right with me. I know that they exist and even in, in the in the MMA world, I get it, but. Two things at the same one, time in fighting games, especially ones that have, especially main fighting games, you recognize a lot of these characters by what they wear. 
And and if you say, okay, well, you can change your gear. Well, that's even more to your point as a player. If I spend whatever amount of points and win 2,000 matches to get this cold, this custom golden gi for Ryu, I don't want to have to go somewhere and opt out because there's a fucking Dorito ad on that. This looks know? terrible. It looks gaudy. I, I mean, here here's the thing. is <clears throat> If you have, say, Nike sponsor street fighter and reuse gloves have a little swoosh on them or some shit i'm okay with that i'm actually okay with that up until the point where they start getting um over the top with it like now fucking guile's got a fucking you know nike tennis shoes and you know every single character's got some nike fucking apparel on it that it's that point it starts breaking immersion yeah this but if like if if they've got like one person in one brand of clothes, another person in another brand of clothes, and it look and it doesn't break immersion, you know, then I'm cool with it. I was hoping um, you were going to say know. that. That's exactly what this does for me. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at these characters, and instead of seeing what I should see, and again, you can't win everything with this. I get that. Ads are going to be their ads. If the Coca-Cola ad is a red and white ad, sorry if it goes against the yellow, it contrasts. I get that, but... It just they they look like they're in your face. This is way in my more way more in my face than you know reuse glove having a Nike swoosh on the side. This is large. Yeah, this is in not your face. Yeah, from the picture I'm seeing, it looks yeah, it it looks gone. Now and uh, another thing about this before I move on, it's not just the fact that this exists because one, I don't play Street Fighter Five. I love it, respect it. I respect the entire fighting genre as a whole. I root them on. I'm a loud, screaming compatriot of the fighting genre on the in the in the stands. But I don't really care about Street Fighter Five, unfortunately. If this came to Killer Instinct, I'd have a problem. If it came to, to Soul Calibur, I have a problem. I don't have the problem with Street Fighter doing it. I have a problem with other companies going, hey, hey, you know, uh, I, I, and the thing is, is there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And here's a very good example of someone going fucking ape shit with the copy paste button. And, and say, oh, it's $500, $500, $500 for each one. Every time I hit <laughs> control V, you know, uh, but I, 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 if it's, you know, fatality brought to you by oh Netflix, God, no, then no, I'm no, fucking, no, I'm kind no, of, no, get, away <laughs> get away from this, Adam, you're so then, uh, bad at this with your fucking, then I'm, you know, at that point, that's where I, Eris, you know, to save Eris shit with the cutscenes. Stop, stop, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving ideas <laughs> to people and they're like, oh shit, fatality b- brought to you by God. John, get on that. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> brought to you by Netflix. Uh, uh, another one. This was actually on Kotaku. This was today. Uh, the NES and SES NES Classic are about to get really hard to find again. That's a direct quote from the ad. I didn't read the whole ad, but apparently uh, they're about to start ceasing production of those two again. Uh, I don't own either one yet. I tell you, though, I'm really really strongly wanting a SNES classic. I think of all the uh, quote-unquote classic consoles out there, that's one that I really, really want. Uh, especially a few, uh, about a month or so ago, just for shits and giggles, Adam and I went through the list of all those games, and it's like, yeah, like solid core hits for games. Yeah, so they, they did a good job. They did a better job than PlayStation right. did. So as and of, the PlayStation didn't do absolutely abysmal. Yeah. 
So, so as of this episode, uh, and of course, this could be a ruse. It could be just like the first time the NES Classic was released. They're going to release it. They're going to produce for a while. They're going to stop. This may be the last one. Who knows? So, I mean, why take the chance, folks? If you got, if you can see one uh, nearby, snag it before you have to go to eBay and and pay uh, Sticky Fingers McGee like four hundred dollars for one. <laughs> Good old Sticky Fingers McGee. Yeah. Uh, so. I believe it was this week, a past few days. Uh, speaking of pictures that and and, and images that are going to scar your mind, uh, Chris. Oh boy. The oh yeah, oh boy, oh boy. What you got? There's been a poster, from what I understand, a poster has got has been screenshotted and is making its way around the internet of this new and upcoming live Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, I've heard things. I have not looked anything oh, about that. Up. Does oh, it star that guy to. from the Game Awards? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Um, we're going to get to that, Adam. Quit jumping the gun, please. <laughs> uh, no, this is not. I mean, now, it's close to that image uh it's quite horrible i am going to look this up right now i'm going to post it in the discord unless chris beats me to it now you go uh, for it. Y- you two will look at this damn it because i will not oh god I will not have me be the only one to go oh, oh god uh it's it is bad and i now it's bad for many reasons I've made this case before, and I did. I didn't even know this was gonna be a thing. I, I, I honestly did not know. I think I may have heard a rumor before that the Sonic, that it was Sonic who was coming, and I said okay. And I, even, even if somebody told me back in the day this is gonna be a thing, okay, let it be a thing. Let it be CG. It's the same thing with a new Mario movie. I think a new Mario movie is coming out and it's supposed to be CG. Make these CG. Get Just get away from live action. Unless you're doing an Uncharted movie or the Tomb Raider movie or even a Gears of War movie. Make it CG. So I put the picture in the Discord. Uh, for anybody out there in the audience, you can just look up, uh, find your nearest Google and type in Sonic the Hedgehog live action. You're going to see a black and blue uh, poster. And wow, this is he is he naked? This is scary. Something that sticks out to me, right? He's got people. Something that stick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) Something that stuck out to me right off the bat are the joints and the muscle definition. Okay, even if I'm taking the Sonic Generations uh, idea where, hey, we've got two Sonics. We've got the newer modern Sonic or we have the old classic noodle arm Sonic. Neither one of them have defined fucking calves and thighs and knees. You know, Uh, this is a humanoid looking person that they had the Sonic head slapped onto or the spikes, the spine slapped onto. It kind of looks like a like they just like. Had like a live actor model, and they put yes. like a head on him. Yes, man, uh, it's like a mascot head he's wearing. The next thing that does stick out to me, yes, he has these human hands, not the cartoony gloved hands that we all know. It's it's these weird humans. And we can't tell if they're white. We can't tell if they're white gloves. We just see these human hands, and something that uh uh some call me Johnny, another another YouTube channel I subscribe to, he pointed out, and I didn't notice until he pointed out, and I'm not sure if it's big enough, gentlemen, on this picture that I sent you for you to see, but look at the right side of the picture if you can. Look where his nose is 
go up. You see that first bump? I guess that's uh-huh. his eyeball. Okay, so his are his eyeballs sticking out of his head? We we all know. <laughs> we all know that Sonic has like if one he, globular eyeball with two eyes. <laughs> let me just ruin right. this photo for you. That's his mouth. If you look at that little uh the little triangle in the middle, that's his eye. And it his nose is that little thing sticking out directly to the right of his eye, and that's his mouth. I think we're talking about two different things. There's no way that's his no, mouth. No, no. I pulled you up see, the big... See the little, no. You see, like, the little up arrow thing? That's his eye. And then he's got no, his nose right no. to, directly to the right. No. All right. All right. Thank, thanks, troll, you can't but unsee you failed it. again. You can't unsee no, it. No, I'm not. I, I no. actually don't see it at totally all. Fine. Uh, but this Damn. is... This is... Oh, boy. So... Uh, yeah, the the long and short of it is there is a live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie now. I, I it, to, to its credit, it's gonna be Jim Carrey is gonna be voicing Doctor Robotnik, but that does nothing for me. That 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 doesn't make this better. The only thing that makes this better is if they stop this movie, burn it. And if they really want to make a movie, get a hold of the Sonic team and make a animation or CG Sonic movie and move on. This, what the fuck? I'm, I almost think this is a joke. I almost I think, think I think you're kind of being a little rough on it. Oh, okay. That's Contrarian. Tell me. Pers- tell, let's go. Personally, I let's think, go. I mean, I I agree. Personally, like, some of the stuff, some of the stuff is like. You know, okay, but I mean, all you've got is a grayed out image. First of all, you haven't gotten a real picture of the character, so you don't know what he's really going to look like. If he's really going to fall in that uncanny valley, I never know. Uh, they I may can, be able I to pull this off. I never know when I can and can't take you seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being completely look serious. Look at this I, picture I would give and it, tell me this I'll, does not look creepy as fuck compared to what you know as Sonic the Hedgehog. It's supposed to be edgy. I get that. I just I would wait. I'm I'm gonna withhold like having any kind of like ultra negative judgment until I can see like at least one like non shadowy teaser fucking. Okay, picture. I can look at this you fucker's know? thighs and uh, and forearms and go. I you have like an obsession with his thighs and forearms. Yes, because Sonic doesn't have that. What the fuck, man? <laughs> you know this from your extensive. Watching of Sonic. I've played several Sonic the Hedgehog games, many which have cutscenes and 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 pictures. We've all seen artwork. He does not look like a human that put on a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog helmet. That's what this is. This looked creepy. This looks odd. It's weird. So he's also running on some kind of paved surface. That would be they, so. they call those roads. <laughs> so, well, I, I get that, but how many roads were there in like the? Yeah, he was always running through the forest or like fucking rolling around and, at the speed of sound. Got places to go. Got to follow my fucking rainbow, dude. Come on, man. He's all he's written. He's you haven't played Sonic Adventure one or two. I take it. I have not. Okay, That's well, not your in any, not in any like meaningful moot. way. And I would like to thank you on ha- on behalf of Chris that you basically told us to and the podcast audience that you are going to by yourself watch this fucking movie in theaters and tell us how it is. So thanks for taking. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that's what yes, I said. I that's think I said I I check this I'm out. Like- this is Adam. Your 2018 welcome back to the podcast image now is one fuck sweet coden and two live action Sonic. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I'm just saying I'm not gonna fucking hate on this thing until I've seen 
the actual pictures of what it's actually going to look I, like. Just who knows. I am not going to hate on Red Dead Redemption 2 completely until I play it. I am hating the absolute fuck out of this poster right here. I am hating. Out of one picture. I am, one picture makes you do this, that. Um, Chris, back me up on this. As a, as a fellow old school Sonic person, uh, a, a fellow old school Sonic knowledgeable person, d- d- does this image not creep you out a little bit? Does, does it not look a little weird? I mean, it's. I wouldn't say it creeps me out, but yes, it's very weird. It's not okay. It's. I'll take what I can it's get. It's odd. It, I mean, you've got a Sonic head on a human body. I mean, that's not yeah. Sonic proportions at yeah. all. Uh, I'm trying to think of other news over the past couple of weeks. I, I've I've seen like 14 podcasts since you know I've been gone, so nothing else truly sticks out to me. I'm sure there's other big news, but uh, my we'll, other we'll, my other news thing wait, was wait. that uh. I don't know. I don't think they showed this during the Game Awards. That's not where I saw it. I can't remember where I saw it originally. Uh, or, you know what? It might have been. But there's a Toe Jam and Earl game coming out. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe it's not a remake. And it's coming next year. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Toe Jam and Earl, back in the groove. Yep, not on my Game Awards list. Wish I could remember where nope. I saw it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It came across my Facebook feed. It was actually one of those promoted oh. posts by, I think, PlayStation or something. Yeah. There you go. Uh, also, before we do roll in the weeks, uh, since you did bring up Game of the Year, for any audience that's any audience member that's actually wondering, uh, we will not be doing our personal Game of the Year 2018 and 2018. We are going to follow what our basic like pattern. We're going to keep working through our years until we finally catch up. So, I mean, it may be 2020 before we actually start our, okay, it is this year and we're doing our Game of the Year this year. But we're making our way. We're making our way downtown, uh, yada, yada, yada. So we'll get there eventually. Walking at a moderate pace. Right, right. All right. All right, guys, let's roll in the weeks, and I'm only taking the helm because I've been gone for three by the audience's count, and I've got a lot of shit to roll through, and I'm going to try my best to not... I'm not going to take a long time. Uh, Non-gaming related, let's see, let's see. Well, this is going to be some obvious ones for the audience that knows. I went to Disney a couple weeks ago, and I'll get into that in just a second, but... Uh, there is one movie that we did watch. I made it all the way through the, uh, Harry, Harry Potter's, uh, oh, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of this movie now. It's the, the strange magical beast and where to find him. I believe okay. is the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I started that in the past, and I think uh, my wife wanted me to watch it because she's a big Harry Potter fan. She's read all the books multiple times, big Harry Potter fan. And I've watched all the main movies at least once. Uh, I'm probably going to have to marathon them sometime with her again. But I started to watch this one night. She put it on for me, and I I think I just had like a horrible day. This is back in my other like manager job, and I was just beat the fuck up, and I had to, I had to, I fell asleep. Well, we watched it while we we're in Disney uh, on some free time, and I love that movie. It was great. I love the character. Uh, so we did watch that. We do plan on. We're actually going to go see the sequel tomorrow. So cool beans. Nice. Uh, no TV shows, nothing like that. I haven't picked up any anything like that. I still have like you know twenty seven terabytes worth of anime. I have not started <laughs> any other ones yet, and I don't know when I'm going to start them either. So, uh, please, audience, keep sending me your, me your suggestions. And uh, every time Adam or Chris does, I'm I'm making little notes and 
finding more stuff to get to, but haven't got to it yet. Uh, I just kind of want to re-congratulate myself on getting this new job. It's fucking awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's life is in a pattern. Everything is set. <laughs> Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. It's, it's good, good stuff. Feeling. Nice. All right. So Disney. Uh, so my wife and I went to Disney a couple weeks ago. Uh, we spent five entire days there. Now, for those that know Disney in Florida, there are four parks. So we already we had all this stuff already planned out ahead of time. I'm gonna try not to spend uh, my entire week on Disney, but I promise you, I could. But uh, we spent a day in each park, basically. And then we went back to the Magic Kingdom on the last day. That was our plan. Uh, in actuality, we went back to the Magic Kingdom uh, the second to last day again as well. And then went back an entire day for the last day. So we do plan on going again here in a year or so, uh, depending how our... So which one did you skip? We didn't skip any of them. We just... It's just... the ah, one, So you cut out a one early? Oh Well, yeah. We cut out a one a little bit earlier uh, just because of the way the park was arranged. And even that... It's, it, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Uh, we do plan on going in a couple years again. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be doing about the same thing, but we're going to add a couple days for Universal Studios because we didn't do that or SeaWorld or any, any of that other stuff. So, uh, yeah, Disney. Uh, the drive there was uh, fucking crazy. It was supposed to be about an eight-hour drive there. It took us close to 11 or 12 because there was all sorts of traffic accidents all around Orlando and it kept throwing our ETA off. So Google Maps is fucking amazing. For those that haven't used it, you should. If you're traveling somewhere, it is crazy. I, I have a GPS in my car and fuck that thing. I'll still use Google Maps. Yep. It uh I know we knew well, okay, let me let me get the story straight it took us uh, it took us about two two and a half hours longer than what we were supposed to the main reason was because of the accidents and the traffic uh being backed up it was also we did we did i i, I piss a lot so we stopped all the time for restroom breaks and we did stop somewhere and eat but it just took us longer to get there than what we expected and it got so bad when we the closer we got to orlando that google maps will show you hey this is if you keep going at this speed this is the eta you're going to get there so if you start slowing down or ahead of you through google maps gps it is watching traffic and measuring their speed and measuring their gaps in each other and all this shit and it will start increasing your time if it shows that in your path there are obstacles like that's how fucking precise this was and in your path if as you're going, it will tell you, hey, you can take this right here and go down this road. But if you do, it is going to add another 17 minutes to your time. Hey, you can take this left up here. There is a thing that you can see. But if you do, that will add another 36 minutes to your time. Whatever, whatever. The wrecks were getting so bad that it was it was diverting off our main path and taking us down these 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 roads now saying, hey, normally this would take you 36 minutes extra out of your way. But because the wrecks up ahead are going to stop you an hour and a half, you might want to go this way now. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it was crazy. So, we got to Disney that evening. We already had checked in. 
Uh, we did all that shit online, so we got to our room, had a small snag with our room not unlocking. The guy, I, I, the, man, tell both of y'all, there are so many jobs in Disney that are for me. Uh, they called a technician. We got to the room. Our band didn't lo- unlock our door. We called the people. They were like, yeah, we'll send somebody there. In about five, ten minutes, a guy rolls up in a fucking golf cart. He's got an iPad in. He gets up. He goes, hi, guys. Welcome to Disney. What's your name? Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, all right, stand back. And he got us in. He was like, peace, and left. I'm like, that fucker's got an awesome tech job. <laughs> uh, so that night, we didn't waste much time. We got a few things unpacked and immediately went to Disney Springs, which is basically the large uh, shopping center area. Uh, it's still on property. Our uh, our hotel was on property. So uh, we had the uh, park hopper thing so we could ride buses everywhere we wanted to. But the main thing in the park hopper was if you wanted to go from one park to the other at any given point, you could. Like you basically bought you bought all the tickets for Disney in one go. So we went to Disney Springs and there's not much to do in Disney Springs other than shop. It's just a bunch of shops. It's shops from all over the country, all over the world. I would tell you guys right now, I think I even posted this on my Facebook day one. Uh, I had a huge culture shock when I got to Disney. This is only the second time in my life I've had a culture shock. The first time was the time that I actually got deployed to the uh, to Iraq via in the military. Uh, just having being in this new place with all these new people, and it, that was shocking. This was less about being in a weird place. It was the amount of diversity in Disney Orlando, Florida was fucking crazy. I was ca- so my wife is in this giant, I believe it was a it wasn't an Ulta shop, was it? It was just a makeup shop. Sephora, which is some high dollar really cool uh makeup place. And she's just running around happy and giddy looking at all the makeup and I'm standing still watching and listening as people go by. I hear a German accent, a Japanese accent, a South African accent, a West Indian accent, an Australian accent. I was trying to hear and see the Americans in there and was having the hardest fucking time. It was crazy. Now, I know people have told me, including my wife, that yeah, people come from all over the world to Disney, and I kind of was like, yeah, of course they do. No, motherfucker, there are people from all over the world that come to this place. Uh, it's pretty bad when you're there as the American and you're trying to find the Americans. Like, it was crazy. It was it was blowing my mind. So the first night wasn't too eventful. We just went around. We did a little bit of light shopping. Uh, we didn't want to hit up too many stores. They did have some Disney things here and there, but it's basically Disney's place where they bring in a lot of really popular uh, high, mid-dollar uh, stores and you could buy really cool stuff, really expensive stuff, really f- expensive of jewelry not necessarily disney specific just hey we got a lot of cool shops next day uh was our first actual day in disney we went to magic kingdom uh i'm I'm not gonna try to spend i honestly have not it's not so much i didn't forget as I, i should have taken some notes on what we did because by god we did a lot of shit I mean, a lot of shit. Uh, some notable things in the Magic Kingdom was uh, we went to we went through a Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Uh, we went through we, so we we had bought our fast passes ahead of time. For those that don't know, a fast pass is is what it sounds like. It gets you ahead of the line, and with our tickets, they give you so many fast passes that you can spend 
per day. I think it was like three per day. Uh, and the idea is if you do use all three of yours up, you can start purchasing other ones. But by that time, all the main rides that you want to ride are already well gone. So you might want to start booking as soon as you possibly can for your fast passes. Uh, that more, more on why that later. Um, so, uh, she she's here with me so i'm not i'm not trying to bring you on the podcast baby what was our first ride ride what was the first roller coaster that we ride that we rode in uh yeah big thunder mountain so admittedly at this point in disney okay a lot of cool stuff was there there's no doubt about that the level of polish the level of detail the friendliness of all the people there the magic stuff all that it was all there but even but up until the ride of big thunder mountain it was for me more like just experiencing the wow that's cool i'm seeing this in my face you know it wasn't i I wasn't like okay i'm in and then we went on big thunder mountain it was it's one of the roller coasters in the magic kingdom i was like oh Okay, so we got we got lots of rides here. We got passes for this stuff. Let's fucking rock. Uh, we spent most of that day uh, again, kind of half shopping, half uh, walking around, seeing all the things that we could see. We only stayed in a couple longer lines. Uh, I don't think we met any characters that day. So uh, it was just it was just a big fun Disney day. We they 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 we were there at all the way till dark. They lit up the castle in uh, Disney's castle, and that was pretty cool. Had some pictures taken, and uh, it was pretty pretty cool time. The next day was Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So uh, and that was that's Avatar, right? Has av- okay. So <laughs> this was the holy shit day for us right here. So. So we got to Animal Kingdom, and the way that we didn't even know until I think the last day, right, baby, about if you're staying on the hotels. Yeah, so apparently another uh, good advice for anybody going to Disney, if you stay on the, in the hotels on Disney property, you basically can get into the parks a, about an hour early. We didn't even know this. We were thought we thought we were doing good just getting in the buses and getting to the park like a half an hour early. And we find out, yeah, you can come in like an hour early. So we get to Magic Kingdom. Uh, we, 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 huh? I mean, Animal Kingdom, sorry. We get in line, like the, the sections of the park are closed off. We're all at lots of people are piling up. They're waiting to get in. As soon as they open the gate, we go like forward and everybody else goes right. And me and my wife are just shuffling. And there's like maybe like seven, eight people with us. And everybody else is running the other way. And we're like, what the hell? So we decide uh, we're going to go ride. Uh, what, what was it? Expedition, Expedition Everest. You should just bring yeah. her on. Special guest. Yeah, I should. Uh, yeah, she's she's my she's my memory because I didn't take any <laughs> damn notes. Uh, I was too busy having fun. Sorry. Uh, so. I don't remember if it was her that said it or somebody else around us said it. They were like, yeah, man, everybody is going to the Avatar thing right now. Nobody is coming to any of these rides. So if you just go to whatever ride you want to right now, you can ride as much as you want until people start filtering over here. So we went to uh, Expedition Everest, which is a roller coaster, a very fun roller coaster. I don't want to tell much about it because I don't want to spoil it. But it's very fucking fun. And... So, so every ride, 
that that's every ride, every attraction. They basically have two lines. They have the regular line and they have the fast pass line. And the regular line that every one of them has like a timer on it that tells you when you walk up to that ride what you're about what your wait time is going to be well at this point in the morning when we walked up to expedition everest there was a five minute wait so we hauled ass through the line ran all the way through it got in waited for about five minutes got on the ride did the ride got off got went back to the line just to check it out five minutes so we got back in line and rode again we did this five times we did this five times we rode this thing five times in a row and by the time that the wait got to about 15 or 20 minutes we said okay we got a fast pass for this now let's just use our fast pass and ride it a sixth time so that was a hell of fun start to the morning and that I like I went and bought a shirt from that place. I bought a little stuffed uh, a little a little stuffed keychain kind of thing. I love that. It was not it didn't turn out to not be my favorite ride, but that was one of the best experiences for me right off the bat because we got to just do this thing we wanted to do knowing that there were thousands of people in this park, but there was only like 15 or 20 people around us. So, it was cool stuff. Uh we did a couple other things, but we decided to go ahead and get in line for the Avatar stuff. We, we we kept seeing the line for the Avatar go up and up and up. And by this point, we had seen... Um, you know what? Let me, let's backtrack here. Let's backtrack because I totally didn't even mention the night stuff that we did do in Magic Kingdom isn't uh, the, the Space Mountain that's in Magic Kingdom. So we rode Space Mountain. So, yeah, that's, no, that's my fault. We... So... Space Mountain is another roller coaster, really cool roller coaster, and we were going to go ride it, but they had shut it down. I don't know if it broke or if it was maintenance or whatever, but it shut down, so everybody left that area. We kept watching the so you, you can, so many convenient things about this place. They have an app you can get on your phone, and it will show you every single park. It will show you every single ride. It will tell you where the dining facilities are, the bathrooms, uh, where where you can meet guest characters. It'll show you every ride, the wait times, etc. If that ride is down, there's a star by it, and we kept watching that star. As soon as that star went away, we booked it over to space mountain i think we rode that twice and then had a fast pass so we got to ride that three times so that was that night and then the next day we got to ride the uh the expedition everest so i'm like i'm geared up at this point i'm ready for rides i'm ready for rides I, we kept hearing so much about the damn avatar thing uh I think we used our fast pass for that one for for the, the there's like a river cruise. You basically get on this boat and it takes you through like a night section of Avatar. It's very, very cool. Like in the forest with all the neon colors and all that. And you got to see an animatronic of a a massive uh avatar and it looked crazy. It looked fucking freakishly realistic. It was one of the most realistic things I'd seen in Disney at that point. But we decided to get in line for the other ride. What was it called? <laughs> uh, Flight of Passage. Yes. It's basically you get to ride on one of those dragon-like things that you see in the movie. The the, mm -hmm. the winged beast thing. Uh, 
that was that was the longest that we had waited in Disney. It, it, it they, the the wait initially said like two two ten. We waited. It felt like about two and a half hours, and it is a long. This is something else I didn't realize about these long lines. Again, comparing to what I remember of Six Flags back in the day of just waiting in a line, is that. All of the rides in Disney, you wait in a line, but the lines are through passages that are all designed and themed around whatever they are. So, like the Avatar ride, you started out in like a forest area. You got to see the hang, the floating islands, basically, the designed floating islands, and you're walking through that. Then you're walking inside an internal cave uh, of Avatar, and then you get, then you're walking through that like a science facility of, you know, themed around Avatar. So the wait itself, at least from a visual perspective, it was okay. It was just, you know, just the fact of waiting that long in a line. Then we get to the ride. Again, I don't want to spoil it because there's just there's just stuff that I I didn't know what to expect. I kept looking at the external area of this ride and going, okay, this isn't a coaster because I don't see anybody. I barely even hear people as opposed to the other rides. You basically sit on this device that it feels like a motorcycle the way that you're on it. They lock you in on your knees and your legs and your back. And then this fucking gigantic, like five times the size of your typical uh, movie screen opens up and the ride starts. And it was fucking phenomenal. It was, I don't think there was one roller coaster at Disney that I was not screaming my ass off. And I definitely was at that one. Uh, it's de- it is worth the wait. Again, strongly recommend that people, one, ride that ride, but strongly recommend that if you do buy passes, make sure as soon as you can start looking for fast passes because we looked like maybe two days after ours was available and we couldn't find any. So if you don't want to wait two hours for a ride, that's definitely worth it. Get a fast pass. So that was awesome. Uh, I don't think there were any other really rides at Animal Kingdom. I think that one really did it. I think we did. I think we did. We kept bouncing back to Everest. I think we did Everest another time or two. Kind of a theme for us. Yeah. So the next day was Hollywood. Yeah, that was Hollywood Kingdom. Uh, Hollywood Kingdom. (laughs) Disney's Hollywood Kingdom. Uh, so a couple big things in this one was the the Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. which I've never been. Uh, mind you, I've never been to Disney, so I haven't been on any of these. And if you've ever heard anybody talk about the Tower of Terror, it is what they say they do to you. They there's multiple paths through this thing, or it's not so much paths; it's multiple variations of what they do to you. They sit you in a box. There's like 30 people in this boxed-in area. They bring you through the, the the mansion. They open up the fucking doors, and they're raised. They're just throwing you up, straight up and down. But you don't know when they're gonna drop you. They don't know when to lower you. And also, you don't know when the fucker's gonna end. And when you think you know when it's gonna end, they fucking do it to you again. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, yeah, she's laughing because I was the last one. The last one got me that we had been through that thing like four times and we kind of knew the way that the, the, the way that the movie itself and the way the movement was playing out. We're like, okay, it's over. Nope. They fucking threw us up again. I was like, oh God, it's again. (laughs) So, uh, 
We did another one called uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster. Another one we did about three or four times throughout the day. That was also very fun. They throw you from like zero to 60 in no time. Uh, it was cool. It was themed around rock and roll. Uh, they play an Aerosmith song during it. The ride itself was fucking phenomenal. It was awesome. It was like almost my second favorite ride, but I think Space Mountain pretty much takes that cake. Uh, Funny story about this one. So as you're in line for the rock and roller coaster that comes to a point toward the end where you can actually see what the fuck's about to happen to you. They they sit the, they sit the people in the cars. The cars pull around to this like mock freeway and they count down three, two, one. Well, OK, not they. Uh, Steven Tyler counts down three, two, one. Go! And when they say go, they fucking throw you forward and it goes zero to like two thousand miles an hour. So in front of us was a couple uh, pretty far ahead of us. They apparently had watched this happen. So they open up these doors. You, you, you filter into this new area. And in this new area, you can watch the ride go by. Couple sees what's going on. The guy says, nope, and fucking leaves. <laughs> he walks. And it's like all these people are in the room before him going, what's, what's up? He's like, no, I'm not fucking doing that. And they're like, we're all like, do it, do it. Do it. And he's like, no, no, not do it. His wife's like, come on, baby. He's like, uh-uh, no. And like there was a lady in front of us with a kid and she's like i've got like an eight-year-old son with me right now and he is begging to do this ride again and this fucking guy won't do it he <laughs> he bailed the fuck out didn't do it we thought we could coerce him we thought we could rally him but he was just folded arms nah i ain't doing it nah bruh not doing it <laughs> so that was pretty funny uh any other notable things about hollywood kingdom besides the fucking awesome rides huh Hollywood Studios. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, no, obviously nothing else. Again, if, if there was something more important, I would have took notes. Yeah, there was more shopping and stuff. Uh, the next day was Epcot. Now, this was actually very interesting. Uh, for those on the podcast, I'll tell you now, I'm not a big worldly traveled person. I this this is such a I don't know where this was I don't know where in my life this was not pushed upon me or not developed into me, but I don't care about traveling the world. I don't I don't care about seeing Paris and 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 seeing the the, the Great Wall of China. Shit like that doesn't doesn't affect me. So I kind of thought that this was going to be a, a really a low day for us because Epcot ha- yeah, it ha- it has some specific things you go for, but the main draw is they have a gigantic lake and around the lake is a basically you travel the world. You don't travel all the world, but you travel big uh places of the world like Norway and Canada, uh Japan, China, stuff like that. And I was like, "All right, well we'll go check some stuff out, but yeah, whatever." It was actually very interesting even for me because you actually go into these areas and all of these massive areas are individually themed around where they are. Like the buildings in China are, they look like Chinese buildings and there's Chinese music playing and there's lots of shops you can buy of authentic Chinese dishes from and candy and, and food and, and toys and all kind of stuff. So uh, while that was, that day was cut short because we had other plans in Magic Kingdom again, uh, it, it was it was still pretty cool. It was really awesome. Uh, before we got into the actual world area, what was there anything else that we did? I feel like we did something. 
we, oh yeah, we did the we did the mission Earth. That was pretty cool. It's where they they basically simulate a rocket ship. You sit in this thing and they simulate G forces on you. And there's two levels to it. The first one we did was the beginner level. It was pretty cool. Oh, it was pretty cool. You're in this, you're in this simulated rock rocket ship. The second one was for advanced, and that felt fucking crazy. Like they threw real fucking force G's on you, and it, you're, you you could feel the cheeks being pushed back uh, off your face. It was really cool. Uh, a note about uh, Epcot. Uh, my wife and I missed an opportunity. This was kind of my fault. I blame myself. So we were really hungry when we went into this area. And we got, I think the first place you could stop at was the Aztec area, which she wanted to go through the, the Three Amigos ride, which she didn't, I don't even think she knew that was there. Yeah. So, uh, so we, the Three Caballeros. So we did that. And then we went to the, I think Norway was next. That was pretty cool. And then we went to China and we were like, all right, look, we're both hungry. We had the idea of just picking a country and, and just eating some food we never ate before but we were so hungry by the time we got to china we were both like look we both know some chinese food we can get some fuck it let's get some chinese food got some food sat down and ate which also by the way we had a meal plan which worked out great you get a meal per day you get some meals throughout the day you get snacks all kind of shit anyway we eat this food we're walking out and we see a girl in chinese in like some authentic chinese dress slowly walking around this castle uh, away from us and my wife was like I th- that that might be mulan and i looked and i, I was like no that's bet i think that's just a woman just dressed up in like some chinese garb uh let's go take a piss and let's go move on we we come back outside fucking mulan it was her. She's got a line of people. These kids were running up, taking pictures, and we could have walked right up to her all by herself. Totally missed opportunity. Uh, another cool thing about this whole gig. So we go to the we go to the country that steamed after Japan, or the area that steamed right after the country Japan, and we're looking around at different shops. We had at this point we had the idea of look, we're just gonna try to buy some candy from every single shop around. And we get to the, we get to the, the Japanese area. We're shopping around a couple shops. Uh, I went fucking mad, crazy, and bought one a gigantic fucking turkey leg, and yeah. also bought what was the other thing? A giant pretz. No, no, wasn't. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I just bought way too much food. I mm-hmm. was like, fuck it, whatever. Just fuck it. Lots of food. We walk into a Japanese shop. We're looking around, and they had they had a fucking video game and anime section in this Japanese shop. Actual Nintendo, PlayStation, fucking and anime shit. And on the back wall behind the register, I said, "I want to know how much that fucking Mega Man X uh, ride armor statue is right now." I found a fucking model kit of a Mega Man X ride armor in Disney. <laughs> oh, you you better fucking believe I bought that just like that. I was like, hey, there is no way I would have thought this would have been in Disney. And it makes sense. Like, they themed it around stuff that is popular in Japan. I mean, it's not just, you know, the Japanese folklore and samurai era. They know what comes out of there, and they put it in there. So uh, we sprinted over. After this, we went to another place, I believe, but we sprinted back over to Magic Kingdom. We rode like 20 more rides again. Uh, we got some pictures with some some more Disney characters. 
of note. So, so yeah, Jack Sparrow was pretty cool, but also who? Gaston was the next day. Okay, well, we went back to Magic Kingdom. We rode a bunch of rides, had a good time, made our way back to uh, uh, Epcot. We had our dinner reservation. We finished out the rest of the the countries. Uh, it was yeah. She got to take pictures with Aurora. It was very cool. The so the next day was our last day at Disney. It was our uh, second, uh, technically our third time in uh, in Magic Kingdom. So we rode some more typical rides. We did some more of the things that we knew we wanted to do. Uh, a couple notes: one, that night we had uh, we had dinner in the castle with the princesses. Uh, which spoiler warning for people that ever want to go: it's usually depending on the time you go. You're going to get like four to five princesses. It's not like every Disney princess is there, but it was pretty cool. They announced the princesses. They come out. They go to every single table. They talk to you. Uh, if you have the photo pass, they'll take a picture for you or they will pose for a picture. They do it all in character. They call my cell phone like a magic mirror. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, that day. We had been through a line before talking to uh, Gaston. We talked to him and got some pictures. We're walking through Magic Kingdom, and I said, "Do we saw Gaston again?" And I was like, "You know what? I've heard like all these stories that if you challenge him to a push-up contest, he just basically beats your ass, like does one-handed push-ups and stuff like that." She's like, "Yeah, eh, you probably don't want to do that." I was like, "No, I don't." But I've also heard he's he, you could challenge him to arm wrestling. She's like, "Um, ah, maybe." So I take <laughs> off, and she goes. Are you really going to do it? I'm like, come on. Come on. And a little fourth wall breaking, you can tell when they're going to leave. Usually the person that's with them, like a handler, they'll still tell the people waiting, hey, uh, Gaston's going to go somewhere and you know grab grab some ale. He'll be back in 20 minutes or whatever. It's their way of in character telling you the character's going to leave. Well, you could tell he was about to leave because nobody else was there and they were starting to walk away. And I try to walk up and I, Gaston, I hear you are good at arm wrestling. And he's like, Yes, I am. And I was like, I challenge it was it was so fucking cool. And he was like, No, nah, I'm not gonna put your put your put your arms up. Let me see what you have. And I put him up. He goes, No, nah, I don't think I'm gonna arm wrestle you. You come over here to my statue and uh we'll have a pose off instead. I was like, Yeah, and we had a little pose off. They took pictures with us together. Really cool character. That's uh yeah, we saw like uh, we were eating somewhere, and we saw Peter Pan just come out of nowhere, and he he went to the dining area, and they had like a little plastic dispensers for your silverware. He hit the thing for a plastic knife and pulled out a knife and was like like swinging around as he was going. Uh, he was backing into a door like he was defending himself from somebody. <laughs> just little little things like this, man. But none of these things, none of the characters that we met. Uh, we met, we met Jack Sparrow. We met, uh, we met Eric. Uh, sorry, we met the the. You met Eris. Aurora. We met uh, Rapunzel and and Tia Tiana. Yeah, we met so many people. Adam and Chris, an audience. I'm telling you, nothing for me. Nothing put a smile on my face and had me fucking doing backflips than when I met Ariel. Okay, I love Ariel. I love her as a character. I've always loved The Little Mermaid. It's it's been one of my Disney favorite movies. Uh, Cars is actually my favorite one, but I, I I love Ariel. As if I had if I'm a dude and had to pick the the girl princess, I love her. Now I had told my wife 
I, I, I got way too excited about this idea before I ever left the house, and sh- sh- she said it was not going to happen. I said, you know that there is a huge video game tie-in to Disney, and that's Kingdom Hearts. That that's not some understated thing. That was Square Square Squaresoft and Disney coming together and making a huge thing. Right. Whether people agree with it or they don't like the the crazy story, I get all that. But that wasn't the point. The point of this was, I'm going to Disney. Wouldn't it be so cool if I could talk to some of these characters that I know are involved in this universe and they acknowledge it. And she's like, nah, I don't know. I don't, they probably won't do that because some of them can't talk. I'm like, I like, I was like, what if I go to like Donald and, and goofy and ask him? She's like, well, they don't talk in Disney. Cause they're just, I was like, well, they can nod their head, you know, whatever. But the first person that I wanted to try it out on was Ariel. I said, this is, this is going to make it or break it for me. If they, if she says something like it, cool, it's going to be awesome. If she doesn't, all right, well, maybe you're right. Maybe they don't do it. So we go, so we go to Ariel's thing. And it's, it's like the most of the places, most of the rides. You, you go through like a grotto, you go through a thing and our turn comes up and she's, she's in her mermaid attire. She's not, she doesn't have the legs. Uh, she's got her, her, her mermaid outfit on and we sit down with her and she's, you know, playing Ariel as it was. And I had pulled up on my phone, I had pulled up a picture of Ari- of Ariel and Sora from Kingdom Hearts 1. And I just, I just had it there waiting. I was like, Ariel, I've got a question for you. And she's like, what? And I said, have you seen Sora? And she goes, I don't, that name kind of sounds familiar. And I whipped up my phone and pulled the picture up. I was like, him? And she goes, oh, yes, I remember him as it's something like a, like, he's like my seahorse friend or something like that. I kind of didn't hear that part. But she said, oh, wait, he, I think he can help us find, what are those things called? Keys. And I was, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> fucking ear to fucking ear. My smile was just blam. That that made that made my trip to Disney. Now we did talk to a couple other people. I think one of them was uh, uh, Cinderella herself, which all the princesses should know. I I don't know if they I don't know if all the princesses know Sora, but I feel like they should. But I asked Cinderella, and she goes, "No, I don't. I don't recall him." I was like, "Oh, that's okay. I didn't care. I already had my justification." <laughs> Ariel knew who he was. Awesome. That made it's canon now. <laughs> yes, that made Disney such an awesome place to me. Now, obviously, as you two know, and as the audience knows, there are multiple characters that that should know who he is. I mean, the all the Nightmare Before Christmas cast, all uh, Aladdin, Jasmine, like so many characters sh- should know. That just happened to be the first one, and really the main one that I that I cared about. So. That was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, we spent another day in the Magic Kingdom. This was pretty special as well because the Christmas event had kicked off. So all of that area was decorated in Disney uh, Disney Christmas attire. They had a parade come through. Uh, they had artificial snow blowing out. They had uh, special made. Uh, they, they were handing out free food, free cakes, free cookies, free drinks, all kind of stuff. Uh, we, of course, rode some more famous rides that we uh, enjoyable rides again uh and then we packed up and came home the road the trip home was pretty pretty 
pretty easy. I mean, we didn't hit any traffic stops, so we made it home in record time. And uh, yeah, all in all, for uh, it's it's amazing how many people have asked me, like, do y'all not have any kids? No. So you just went to Disney for you. I was like, well, yeah, for me and my wife, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to have kids to go to Disney, which is something her and I actually discussed, is that we saw a fucking metric ton of people there that had like one and two year olds and newborns and we decided as a couple if we ever when we take our kids to disney we're gonna wait till they're a little older you know we're gonna wait till they are old enough to remember and be able to understand what's going on yeah uh so yeah, we were two grown ass adults. And one, she's been to Disney a few times. She's enjoyed it. Ives is my first time. The Disney stuff I definitely did enjoy. It was nice seeing all the details, seeing everything. I mean, like every area you go to has authentic music. It has music themed around it. Even like the Christmas music. When you went to say Hollywood Studios and you were in the rock and roll coaster area, they were playing rock and roll themed Christmas music. And then you'd go to to like a fantasy area of Magic Kingdom and they would play fantasy style Christmas music like that level of detail was all over Disney that was definitely cool and interesting and gives a thumbs up sure uh, but the coasters and the attractions definitely got two thumbs up for me definitely loved the rock and roller coaster and Space Mountain and the Avatar ride and the, uh, the Expedition Everest it's, it's fun it is definitely fun and interesting. Uh, I recommend it to anybody. The only disappointment that I had, I, I had a couple small ones, but I really wanted to get a model of uh, the Sea Duck. That was something that I was specifically looking for throughout Disney. And surprisingly, uh, I, I guess to everybody else, it's like a no-dub, but I haven't been to Disney, so I didn't know. They don't really have a lot of stuff from like the 90s Disney cartoons. I didn't see a lot of Chippendale. I saw Chippendale but not Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. I right. saw Huey, Dewey and Louie but I didn't see DuckTales stuff. So I was I did get to take pictures with Launchpad McQuack though which that <laughs> son of a bitch pushed me out of the picture and laid a smooch on my wife and I was about to lay the smack down <laughs> on Launchpad McQuack but damn I think him and like Scrooge McDuck I I, I didn't see like Disney afternoon people but it was okay right. it was fine still had a damn good time damn good time uh, immediately after that, uh, I came home. I spent like a day here. My wife and I did an escape room an again here on the coast with uh, uh, my best friend and his wife. Had a pretty good time. Had some dinner. Uh, went home. I, I repacked all my clothes because the next day I was on a military plane to St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Uh, we were going on there for a mission to basically collect a lot of a lot of our stuff and come home. A lot of uh, a lot of work, but a lot of good time. Uh, it's, it's Virgin Islands, guys. It's fucking awesome beaches, uh, awesome temperatures, uh, lots of island things to see. Uh, and that's really all I was. I mean, it's I think that that kind of life is for certain people. You know, if you're the if you're the bar hopper kind of guy, if you're the island loving kind of guy, just the relaxing in the sand, that's probably for you. For me, uh, I, I get kind of bored sitting on a beach <laughs> for so long. It sounds so bad to say, but yeah, it, it, it was it was still very fun. And I kind of got picked to go to that place, too. So 
Uh, that was pretty cool. But now I'm home, and now I will quickly go over uh, the one game that I have been playing. Uh, I'll kind of pass this. Yep, I'll kind of pass this to Adam uh. because, uh, yeah. So I've been playing Xenogears, and of course, in this two-week time, I've only had a few hours to play it. Uh, well, no, well, now it's been a few days actually, but so I'm still playing through Xenogears. Uh, there's no other game I'm working on. Let me pause. I'm so sorry. What am I doing? While I was in uh, St. Croix, I had plenty of time both on the flight there and the flight home and a few downtime spots here and there to play some mobile games. Uh, it wasn't mobile games. It was a handheld game. I did play Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, the 3DS remake. I believe it's the and Minions version, and it is very good. I played Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar Saga before. This is the same game. It's got an up-res, basically. A lot of care, a lot of detail. Still a fun game. I'm close to like 20 or 30 hours into this game and i've still got a ways to go so you de- you definitely get your meat out of it and yeah very very fun G- glad i glad i bought this this is a remake that that was done really well uh xeno gears yep been working on that uh it's the only other game the only game here at the house i've been playing starting a waiver just a little bit just a little bit mainly because it is taking a strong effort to follow what's going on uh adam adam and i have had lengthy discussions about this many times and i i do understand that they keep bringing in these things that that are not going to be explained until a little bit from now or a ways from now or a long ways off from now or you got to play this game again to understand it uh the political stuff about this game kind of wavers me here and there i don't i i was tracking what was going on in this game for a good while but now i'm starting to lose it just a hair i've been complimenting my gameplay with a basically a a a gameplay retrospective where somebody has went through the game act by act and 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 Uh basically summarizes what's going on some positives of the games are of the game is still there i do still like the combat i like pushing the i like i like death blows i like the 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 desire to press combos of buttons to do these combos to do lots of damage uh the 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 graphics i i like it's fine i still think the jumping and all that is just a little off but thankfully you're not doing a ton of platforming and jumping for it to really matter uh a design note that i don't like about this game i don't know if it's either my emulation not catching up or if the playstation itself was that way because it's been so long since i played the original which i do Mm -hmm. own but i'll be walking okay step Step, 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 step. Let's count one, two, three, four, five. The marker for me to start a battle will start at two. I won't actually start the battle until six or seven. Now that bugs me. It bugs me when it comes to the platforming stuff because I'll be running along and up. Oh, time for me to jump a pit. I can't jump. I can't. Why can't I jump? Uh, the oh, the battle started. So it'll cut you off of what you can do. It gives you like a three second buffer before you actually start the battle. So if you're about to jump off a cliff, your jump just got stopped and now you fell down the pit and you got to start over. It's, you know, it's, it's a little annoying. It's a little nitpicky though. 
doesn't break the game for me. What slows the game for me and what makes me go, I don't know if I want to do this or not, is that it's it's starting to get a little hairy. The hair the story is starting to get a little bit of I'm losing I'm losing the thread. If they start they stopped being straightforward and started throwing in all these little tendrils of everything else and it's starting to yes. pile up. Is yes. What you're yes. I felt I was doing pretty good tracking trekking along with everything that was going on. I already knew I was kind of slightly getting off track with all, all the countries and how they're all involved with each other and who wants to do what to who but the last mission I was on was really I don't even know why the fuck I did the mission but luckily the scene that happened after the mission thing was really cool uh, spoiler warning from this point on for Xenogears uh, I'm not going to spend another too much longer on it but uh, if you want a deep enthralling story from an RPG that you may have to play two or three times, sure, go ahead and try it. But spoiler warning, you've been warned. Uh, there was there was a really fucking cool cutscene where uh, this character comes in and starts waylaying on this other uh, gear, and just literally tears his fucking arm off, and then walks off like, "All right, who's next?" Uh, your there was a ship that was being or a sand ship that was being uh, basically almost destroyed and the the pilot's last ditch effort was fuck it let's throw this fucking ship at that mech if we, we can probably take him out and they're like what and he's like hey man the ship's gonna be destroyed anyway fuck it let's just do it let's rock on <laughs> throws the fucking now when I'm saying sand ship you gotta think of like a like a world class fucking air carrier but under sand and it's huge so he fucking steers this failing ship in the sand throws it on its side and tosses the entire ship onto this mech and they're like yay we took out that mech yay and then the fucking ship starts to rise and this fucking mech just floats up just carrying this fucking thing up like it's nothing he goes well that was interesting yeah but throwing a ship at somebody is against the rules you can have this shit back and throws it back at him that that was really fucking cool <laughs> that was a really cool scene yeah um, that's, that's when you realize like the power gap yeah that existed yeah uh, like you could see what he took out the like uh, that one dude that was all badass and was giving you trouble and he just you know rips his arm off and beats right. him with it yeah uh i had to talk to you and you had to tell me uh, uh now mind you whether i was supposed to know this yet or not but the 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 dynamics around that character Ramses is his name uh, was mm. it, it that is interesting but that's my problem that i'm having with this game is like i feel there are things that i should know and either i have forgotten i didn't pay close enough attention to or i just flat out don't get and yes as you said, those keep piling up. And when my confusion gets that bad, I tend to want to just back the fuck off. But I'm trying to get through it. I want to get through it because I'm making, I feel, I, I want to understand this story. I, I don't feel like this is some crazy. This is this is not like Game of Thrones on crack. This is an understandable story. I just have to make my way through it to get it. Um, yep. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of points where you really have to be paying attention and you really, really have to be paying attention. And when they say things, you have to say, you have to look back and say, okay, well, what, knowing this revelation about the world, how did that affect literally everything that's happened up until now? And that's why I say that it's, it's really a thing where 
you know, you go back and you play through it the second, third time and you start noticing all these little things that were happening because of things they hadn't told you yet, but you'd found out, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, the game is probably 60 to 80 hours, but yeah. if you want to get the most out of it, you probably do two or three playthroughs. So that's probably 180, yeah. 300, 200 hours. And just I to mean, be able to fully, completely comprehend every single situation you get put in. Yeah. And see like how much effort they put into making sure this thing was woven correctly. And see, that's, I, I just don't know, man. I, this, granted, I put a absolute shit ton of hours into Breath of the Wild. Put a put a hundred or plus, or maybe in close to two hundred hours in the God of War. I put well over two or three hundred in Persona Five. There are games that I put lots of hours into, but I have thoroughly enjoyed them and love them. Right now, I Adam, honestly, I like Xenogears. I think Xenogears has some interesting points, but this is it's not grabbing me. It's not making me I don't come home from work going, man, I, ooh, I can't wait to get back into Gears of War. It's more like, man, I hope I hope I can understand some more in the next hour or two. In the next day I hope I can understand some more. And it just gets a little it just gets too convoluted for Faye me. Faye would absolutely dominate in Gears of War. Yeah. <laughs> he would walk through Gears of War like it was nothing. Did I say Gears uh, of War? I hope it said Gears. Yes, you did. <laughs> Damn. Oh man, he would. I don't even think that would be. I would I love to see it. <laughs> but yeah, and he's God all War. blasting people with fireballs and shit. I don't know if I'm going to want to play through it again and again just to understand it. And I know that seems no, that's like fine. A, that seems like a requirement, but <sighs> oh, the, I'm, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it. No, because... it is what it is. <laughs> but it is what it is. If you if you end up not understanding it, it's cool. Uh, the the cool thing about this was it's made during Square's like little you know majestic run from ninety five yeah. ninety four ninety five all the way to the two thousands where they were just like everything they put out was solid fucking gold. Yeah, and uh, it came out during that era. It was you know a product of the times, and it was a you know, back then I had a lot of time to just go through it and eat, you yeah. know, and digest the story over and over and over again to find out all these little bitty little plot points that tied into each other. Mm-hmm. Compared to something like Persona 5, where it's like, okay, you're getting something new every time you come through it. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a completely different scale, I guess. Yeah. And so yeah. I would put it I would put it up there as one of the best stories ever created. Yeah. As far as like intricacy, but the storytelling could probably use some work. Yeah, that's that that's my negative for this. That's my severe negative for this game so far. And I'm saying that I believe I've said it in the past before I played it, but I'm definitely saying it now as I'm playing it. This the, I see the story here. You know, I see where they're going. I see the magnitude that they're trying to get across, but the method is not working for me. It's not. It, uh, on top uh, and on top of that, oh yeah, well, you should play it a couple times to fully grasp it. Ah, I, just, ugh, I just don't know. I see it for what it wants to be. I just don't. I just don't enjoy it. I feel like this may be one of those games where I I just miss my time. I played it back in the day. I definitely didn't understand what the fuck was going on when I was 16 years old. But now, two decades later, I it's rough. 
it's it's rough. It's rough. So even with the guide, you're still having trouble. Well, I'm not really using the guide though. Uh, it's no, I'm it's, talking about the, oh, uh, the video, whatever it was. It's, yeah. Uh, the we'll see the the video doesn't go into severe detail on every single thing. That's the thing about going through this game. I feel like there is a large overarching story that I'm trying to look at, but there's so much underlying stuff that like, yeah, this shit doesn't matter. This shit doesn't matter. Don't worry about this. This has nothing to do with graph. This has nothing to do with uh, the contact. This has nothing to do with Faye or whatever, you know? So Mm -hmm. it does a better job of of basically giving you the the big points. And I'm not spoiling myself by watching ahead of where I am. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I'll just tell you now, as most RPGs come along... Uh, like, well, like when I replayed Final Fantasy VII, I was blown away of how, like, man, I was, I, I have undershot how good that game was, but this is more like, uh, this is rough. <laughs> so it is what it is. I mean, you know, like I said, there's a, uh, and especially with the, I feel like if Xenogears was to come out today, it would benefit from some severe, uh, changes yeah that would yeah. probably taken place you'd probably have a little bit more autonomy it wouldn't be the straightforward rpg that it is where it's like okay you're gonna see the story you know yeah but uh, you also have to recognize that all of this stuff was translated by one guy yeah yeah one guy translated the entire you gotta think that thing's probably got three hundred thousand words in it yep so ooh. Yeah. but so I'm still working through it. I haven't officially put it down yet. I don't. I, I don't plan to. I, I want to see it out through the end, but mm-hmm. especially with all of the Steam games that I have available, uh, I imagine once I make it through this, it's probably going to be Dunsky. And uh, I, I, I tell you honestly, I've, I would, I'll, I'll probably have a better time either watching those videos or just sitting down with you and just talking about the game. And having things refresh for me, you know, that may be better for me than than playing it again. But that's me. That's been me for the past, you know, three weeks. That's the game I'm playing right now. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I forget who was. Uh, I forget who was who did their week last episode. Adam, whichever Adam one of you two first. Okay. I don't Adam. know how long mine's going to take, so we should oh, go ahead God. and get Adams out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man. Well, had a couple different things happen, but uh, let's start with the uh, the non gaming related things. Uh, found a new anime that uh, I guess had been out for a little while that I, you know, ended up binge watching the entire fucking thing. It's uh, called Golden Time. That was very, very well done. Mm-hmm. Very, very well done. It's about a. Uh, a kid that had an accident and he developed amnesia and he goes through he's going through college and you find out all these things as the story's going on through the 24 episodes you're finding out all these little details about stuff that had happened in his past while he you know he forgot literally everything he you know he forgot who his family was he forgot who his friends were and he goes to college and he's completely alone and he makes new friends there and he gets to see how those affect like his old relationships and stuff like that. And he's going through all these, uh, you know, he has all this like internal struggle about 
um, not being the person that he was, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well, I don't have all these experiences to mold me anymore. So this version of me is not really the version that everybody wants to see. You know, so he keeps meeting all these old, these people from his past. And he's like, I don't fucking know you. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to interact with you. Mm. So it was really, uh, it was, it was a really, really good, uh, good watch. I'd, I'd recommend it. Good payoff uh, at the end? Uh, yeah, I, I like the payoff. It, it could have been a little bit better. It wasn't personally what I was rooting for, but, uh, so maybe the journey was, was better. It, the journey was definitely worth it. The payoff was some people will like it. Some people won't. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, once again, I watched my weeklies. Uh, you know, we're still watching index, still mm-hmm. watching, uh, bunny girl, senpai, bunny girl, senpai is the breakout anime of this fucking season. <laughs> I swear. And I, if they don't make a season two. There will be a riot. So, oh man. Uh, index is index. Index is the Xenogears of anime. Not really. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, be I will not be watching Index. Thanks. Way to go. Uh, Index is, it, it's like, hey, keep keep track of all this shit. Yeah. And that, that's what I like. I like that in my in my games. Anything, anytime I can come back and say, oh, this is how that was affecting this. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm looking forward to the new game plus on Persona 5. Yeah. Uh, but, let's see, uh, there's a couple other shows that I'm kind of keeping up with, but there, there's really not a whole lot of uh, of greats this season. I mean, we've got Bunny Girl Senpai, we've got Goblin Slayer, we've got the new Index, and all the rest of it, I mean, unless I'm forgetting something, there's, I mean, most of it's just, meh. It's yeah. been kind of looking forward to seeing what uh what comes out in the next, you know, the next season, because we're getting, we're getting close to the end of this one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I haven't looked forward yet. Uh, I think I'll probably do that over this weekend and and try to figure out what all's going to be the next uh the next couple series to come out, but I'm hoping I'm hoping they they bring back some sequels to some stuff I've been waiting on, stuff like uh Full Metal Panic, stuff like that. Yeah. I I I I'm just kind of like in this I I'm I'm winding down on this season even though it's been a pretty good season. It's had a couple of strong shows in it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, as far as gaming goes, cleared another palace in Persona. Oh, yeah. Well, Finally. More Persona talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, <clears throat> I finally made it through ye old pyramid stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After two, two major, like, like two hour back sets. We'll go ahead and throw a spoiler out for Persona 5, folks. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> uh, there's a pyramid in there. Oh, no. There's a... <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah. I uh, I went through it, knocked it out. Uh, what It was... You... Go ahead, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was, uh, what did you think of her character arc, the way they did that? Like that was another character that was going to get added to your party, but completely different story. Like you, you, you had Yusuke before, and mm-hmm. he he was he had his you know story about the uh, his his master basically copying everybody's work and all that. And you get her, mm-hmm. you know, she's this this hermit for for reasons. And it's, oh, I fucking love the storytelling of Persona Five. What did you what did you think of the way they they handled her? Uh, 
as far as like all the story, the backstory with her mom and stuff like that, I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I was kind of picking up on that a little bit before. Like I thought maybe, uh, she had been manipulated. And then when I heard that her mom committed suicide or whatever, I was like, yeah, she probably, uh, she probably caught whatever's fucking with these people on the trains and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yep, shit, that's probably what happened to her. As soon as, I had already made, like, connected the dots as soon as they said, well, if you kill somebody's shadow, then they'll fucking die in the real world. I had already connected that to uh, the little incidents or whatever, just kind of looking at it. But as soon as I saw the uh, that her mom had done something similar, even before they started bringing up, like, her research, mm-hmm. I was like, that's probably what happened. Why is the question that needed to be answered, and that got answered. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I... I'm kind of I'm I was kind of tracking on that. I'm not, you know, I'm not always kind of looking forward to everything. I, I I thought some of this stuff was really interesting with like the way uh they went about finding out it was her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the cool thing with like the the calling card popping up and the fucking fake anonymous people that are, you know, the hacker group or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, uh <clears throat> Chris mentioned that like there's extra stuff that you get for having your being logged into PSN, and since I can't be bothered to fucking <laughs> unfuck my situation, I uh <clears throat> I haven't been getting that. But I'm wondering if like uh if they had like anything on there that would that would kind of supplement that with her character specifically, since it's online and that would be like an online functionality. But I uh. I do like the way, like, she assisted in the battle, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, yeah. she's, like, this giant spaceship floating above, like, giving people heals and stuff like that. I thought uh-huh. that was really cool to add that kind of a mechanic. I like that they're still adding mechanics even this late in the game. Yeah. So, very interesting, very cool. Uh, story Shh. continues to, to add up. I've fucking gone through... Fucking, uh, I've continued to rank up my confidants and all that kind of stuff. Good. Uh, I went for, I, I told you this earlier, but I'll tell it for everybody here on the podcast. I had picked a person for that would be, because <clears throat> when I was going through the gifts, I made the mistake of buying the fucking roses because they were cheap, not knowing that I couldn't just give them to anybody. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just give this to one of the chicks and you know, that's a fucking cheap ass gift. Nope. Can't fucking use that. All right. Well, you wasted that money. Uh, so that let, that kind of tipped me off to the fact that, uh, you know, this was going to have like some kind of romance arc on it. So at that point, I began eyeing candidates and I picked one. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, you know who I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick the most unlikely person. I'm going for the teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bitch lied to me. She's going straight over there with Sojuro. She can go fuck off no, in the corner. No. You, We will not. <laughs> We will okay. not have no. Sojuro be smirched one of, on this podcast. One, I'll be one of them, <laughs> one of them fucking hates me. The other one lies to me. You know what? They all go fuck he off. He doesn't hate you. He just wants you to be a man. He's just a piece You're of shit. You're lucky that he let you ride in his car. He told you he well, doesn't he, let he, men he, ride in his car. He's like, you know what? I that fucking, a, yeah. I don't know that. you, kid. I have nothing to do with you, and I don't like you, and you're a piece of shit, and yeah. go live in the attic. But he said all that with such class. You can't. And he wanted you to. And he wanted you to. He wanted to name your cat just out of the blue. And he's like, "Oh, that makes us friends, right? That makes us friends. I'll teach you to work at my shop for free, slave labor. 
That can guy's we, fucking evil. Can we, wow. the three of us, again, just just fucking dote on Persona Five a little more, man? This yeah, this, this fucking game, game is awesome. Is so good. the The characters in this game, the amount of development they get, the amount of development side characters and confidant quests get, the way, and I love that Adam is now seeing this firsthand because I talked to him ahead of time as much as I could, giving him non spoiler hints about things to look out for. But once he got the game, he was on his own. And he's now seeing how all these systems are so tied together. Everything that you're doing in this game relates to something else. You want to do this because it boosts this and helps this. You want to follow through with this quest because reward gives you this, which opens up this and will boost this. It's it's so it's so intricate how uh, I mean- how this game is. May I'm kind of gonna go back to this, but so the uh, I was come down. I came down to I had to make another decision. I was like, okay, if I'm dumping the teacher, who's gonna be my next target? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm still on the fence about that. I've got two or three potential candidates. I'm like, eh, maybe. And uh, I think on this playthrough, and this was another thing uh, we talked about, and I'll, I'll say again for the the podcast is uh, I've noticed, and I was very pleasantly surprised that they took dating sim mechanics and implemented them very heavily into this game Mm -hmm. from the concept of going through a day and having your day broken up into segments Mm -hmm. uh, and the way your confidants rank up and the perks you get as you rank through them that uh all that and even the gift system and all that is all straight out of that with that in mind you know, I have the option to be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to try to pursue two or three of these girls, but I know for a fact they're going to fuck you at some point. <laughs> it's like almost a guaranteed thing. I guarantee they have some like unavoidable event where they just stick it in you. And, I, and I'm, I've been trying to avoid spoilers like the goddamn plague to the point where I had like the X button highlighted when the thing popped up at the Game Awards, which we'll get to <laughs> later. I had it. I had it was hovering over that motherfucker. The entire time until I realized, like, okay, this is not going to be some shit about the game. Uh, so it, anything Persona related is like instant click off for me. But that that's just a gut feeling I have is that they're gonna they're gonna make you fucking pay if you try to romance two people. So well, my first playthrough is gonna be monogamous. My second playthrough is gonna be like all the bitches. That's what both I of my playthroughs. Both of my playthroughs were. Uh, monogamous period uh, i'm a futaba now i heard about you i heard i heard about you and your your little your unique preferences i didn't know you know that was never an option for me i was I like no nope. no oh she not on the table <laughs> yeah oh god i didn't know how old she was god i feel like i'm uh, that's, fucking... tell it to the judge buddy <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, oh yeah, man. you didn't know, huh? I'll just that's tell it to Igor. That's my. That's that's what I'm in prison for. <laughs> Ironclad defense, right there. I didn't know. But yeah, even on my second playthrough, just because I'm a, I'm a. And you did it again. Yeah, Damn. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you so, you knew better. Be- <laughs> <laughs> You're just going back to the well, man. He was like, "Yeah, this uh, is my thing now." What a sweet well, though, yeah? I almost want to go for fucking Anne just to piss the cat off. 
Uh, so Chris, yeah, you'd be the better person to give any spoiler-free hints with that because you have played through where mm-hmm. you've romanced more than one person. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it it's one of those things where I kind of tend to do that in games anyway. Um, I only I I picked one on my first playthrough, but I kind of you know hit up the other ones a little bit. I just didn't take them very yeah. far. Um, but as that really only came down to this because I time constraints, you know, the second time yeah. through, I was like, all right, I've got a guide. I already know what I need to do to get these confidants up. Time to hit them all up. I'm romancing Ryuji. Oh yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so I romanced everyone that let me maxed out everyone on confidants. Good times. Now what I was telling Adam and mm-hmm. I, cause I don't remember, I kind of, I want to say I remember you talking about this, but it may have been somebody else. There's been lots of people that said great things to me about P5. But if I'm not mistaken, in P3 and or in P4, it's risky with romancing multiple characters because there are times where they will see each other out in public. Like you will be out on a date with X girl, but X other girl will come up and go, hey, what the fuck, man? You're supposed to be dating me, and it's like it creates a situation. You can actually, uh, I don't, I don't want to quote, don't quote me on this, but I feel like you can either like halt your relationship and put it in a sour mode, or you can like decline or decrease the relationship or rank uh, for, because you piss somebody off. Did See, that, I have gotten did in, that happen? I have in gotten P5? in situations like I have. It, it has happened to me before in P five, so I know it's probably something that can happen later on down the line. Really, yeah. it doesn't impact relationships um there's only like i I don't know how much adam wants to know about this but those Uh, yeah those random events (laughs) you have um you can usually talk your way out of it (laughs) so i wouldn't worry about too much i mean what's gonna happen is gonna happen Mm -hmm. and like i said i'm i'm kicking my tires on the first playthrough Mm -hmm. but uh the uh the second playthrough it's gonna be like balls out for harambe (laughs) literally yep and uh, we'll see how it goes, but just uh, so you know, Sojuro is still gonna take all your. I room. am not. <laughs> I am not going to, you know, romance Sojuro ever. Even He's gonna the, take everybody. every single girl. Like, oh, you thought you. Oh, you thought you had He's her. Like, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to confiscate this girlfriend from you. Now, go clean your room, like, bitch. He's, he's like, go clean your room, and he shuts his bedroom door. I can't wait for Adam to come around and realize Sojuro's yeah. actual character. Yeah, yeah, same Sojuro here. is the main villain, and fucking confirmed right there. What? Wait. Yep, that's Are right. Are you I just fixed, joking I, with that, or have you been reading shit? Yep, see? I knew it. So Drew's are you villain. fucking with me right now? Have you been reading ahead, of, or are you just? That's fucking right. Me? I've been reading it all. I know everything now. In my head. I'm gonna let that be just in case. But you don't don't read ahead, man. Don't spoil <laughs> shit like that for yourself. Uh huh. That's right. So Drew is the main villain confirmed. Hey, mm, I'm not. Mm, he's now he's I feel like, like I'm gonna. He's like I'm gonna fuck that cat. Now I feel like you're baiting <laughs> me, and not in a master way either. Oh, no, I'm gonna let this go. Jesus, this is. Amateur baiting. I, I can't I can't express again enough. Adam's given me lots of games 
over years that we've known each other. I mean, he twigged me to Just Cause 2. He talked me into the Souls when I was talking myself out of that whole series. He's given me a lot of great games, and I feel like because most of my games like Breath of Fire 3, for example, uh, they're just in the past, and I feel like he may have missed it. I still think Breath of Fire 3 is real easy to get into, though. You should try it. But Ah, well. Th- this is a game that, like, this is the first of many, because I'm telling you, all those games I gave you were golden. All of them golden. Uh, it's so awesome that you're enjoying this game, man. I really love, even when you even when you point out things you, you don't necessarily care for, it's still nice to know that you are, like, you are all chips in with this game, and it's, it's awesome. I'm glad that this has been a great game, and glad you're having fun with it, man. I really am. Oh, yeah. Nah. It's, uh... It's been a pretty cool game so far. It's been one of the best RPGs I've played in fucking forever. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely going, it is making its way towards the top 10 as yeah. we speak. But, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have to, I'll have to finish it out before that can be determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, uh, <clears throat> all it's got to do is keep up what it's doing. Yeah. yeah. It just, it doesn't even have to increase. It just <laughs> needs to stay steady and it's going to make it there. Um, but yeah, as far as everything else goes, the, uh, you know, just doing the, the main stuff, I've got my highest stats are like fours now. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to make my way up there. Uh, summer break just ended, uh, got done with the, uh, the pyramid as I told you. And now we're, we're working our way onto the next thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, still got some questions out there that mm-hmm. haven't been answered yet, and I'm starting to see little strings and stuff like that. I feel like I'm falling behind on mementos mm-hmm. because I just, for whatever reason, every time I want to go to mementos, I can never like call a group meeting yeah. or whatever. But uh, you know, at, at the same time, I'm not like overly concerned. I, I know there's going to be like some time where mm-hmm. I can actually go do that and get that yeah. knocked out. So I'll probably just save it all for the end. Uh, yeah. But Really liking it right now. Really, really liking it. Uh, the only other gaming-related stuff we've got is uh, they've got a new, uh, as far as I go, uh, had the uh, update come out for, or not the update, but the dev server dropped for the new thing on War Thunder, mm-hmm. which is uh, going to add some more vehicles and stuff like that. Uh New mechanics, actually, and everybody's kind of up in arms about it, but they finally added guided missiles <laughs> to the game. And uh, the community's just freaking the fuck out because, you know, they. it's not that it lacks skill to use that. It's a different kind of skill to actually try to, you know, once you once you start adding weapons like that into the game, you, you become, the meta shifts drastically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... You've got people that want the meta to stay a certain way where you try to, you know, do aerial maneuvers and get guns on target and stuff like that. And, uh, they're not having, they're not having a good time right now. But you have an, an entire other very vocal section of the community that's been pushing for this for four freaking years and yeah. they're finally getting their payoff. That's, well, that's so, cool. Yeah. Um, just, uh, they added, they fleshed out the final, uh, country on the ground forces they added a bunch of italian vehicles and stuff like that and that brings the total country count up to six wow see france japan italy u.s russia and england so yeah six um and they've uh 
they've gone through with the naval and they're adding even more to that now. So now at this point, I don't think it's actually possible to unlock every vehicle in the game. Hmm. Not time wise. Not unless you spent like a thousand bucks on the game. Could you actually unlock everything yeah. for every country? Uh, it's kind of refreshing that there's just this giant, you know, wellspring of stuff to unlock. You know, yeah. If yeah. any point during the game, you could always go and play a completely new vehicle that you've never played before. That's cool. You know, so looking looking forward to it. The new patch is supposed to drop next uh, Tuesday, I want to say. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. But cool. that's uh, that's about it for my week. Before, real quick, before we do roll into Chris's week, I yep. was sent a I was sent a very hot email, uh, hot off the presses, hot button text message from my wife that we didn't Uh-oh. even talk about Toy Story and Disney. <laughs> I just have to add that in real quick. We did go to the Toy Story area in Disney. The whole entire theme around that is, is Toy Story. To the fences are made up Toy Story themed. They're, they use toys and blocks and shit like that. Uh, we rode one thing in there. We rode the uh, Slinky Dog roller coaster. Uh, was a second to longest wait, but yeah, it was also fun. Just just had to throw that in because her and I both were like, wow, we didn't even talk about fucking <laughs> Toy Story. It was very awesome, very cool. So, all right, Chris, all what's right. been up? So. Non-gaming stuff. Um, put my Christmas tree up. Um, finally got out of storage. Cleared out space in my apartment to put it. So that was a whole thing. So I had like several days out of my last two weekends where I did almost nothing um, other than, mm-hmm. you know, productive non-gaming stuff. Uh, I also got in some new computer hardware. Um, I previously talked about adding my monitors. I got all my parts in finally to build my third PC. That's my dedicated work PC. So now I have my, you know, command center up and fully operational. Uh, I added an UPS, a UPS, to my, uh, well, to all the, all the PCs have it. Um, and a mm-hmm. couple screens just to be able to see things uh, when it goes out. Boy, I have a huge first world problem of outlets. It is ridiculous yeah. how bad it gets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I think I'm good. I have a couple minor things I want to take care of, but otherwise I'm kind of in a good spot right here. Uh, finally got everything set up. Um, say anything else non-gaming? No, I think that's it. So, all right. Before I hop into specific games, I have been in a mood these last two weeks. Okay. And it's not in a mood as in for a specific genre, specific game, or something like that. It's a mood as in, I don't know what the hell I want to play. Oh um, man! I'm in Boy, one of this, these. That's things. a fucking. That's go. an epi- That's an episode right there. Yeah. I promise you, because we've all Adam. I'm sure you've had that before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, everybody's kind of had it yeah. at least once or twice. But oh, it's it's not a not a. It, it's like the best kind of dilemma to have, where you have like multiple games you want to play, or it's the worst kind of. D- dilemma to have where yeah. you, nothing seems interesting at yeah, all. It's the second one I for me right that. now. 
it's no there's no worse feeling in my gaming history where it's like I'm on day three and it's like man I have started and put an hour or two into my 16th game and I can't fucking get interest is something mm-hmm. wrong with me is am, <laughs> I'm not fucking depressed I'm not unhappy why can't and it, it takes that game to go ah oh, okay okay I'm yeah. in yeah so I've been bouncing around quite a bit um it gets to the point where I'll be like, all right, I've got these games. I'm sitting here looking at my Steam library, my 446 games now, and I'm like, all right, there's got to be something in here that I'll want to play and will actually keep my attention and I'll, you know, want to play again. More mm-hmm. times than not, it's like, all right, I'll load this up and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm done with this. I'll just go play some more Magic. Um, mm-hmm. Magic's like the only game that's really kept my attention, but I can only play so much of it, you know? before I start yeah. getting burned down on it for the day, whether it's stupid, you know, uh, uh, constant turn loop battles, had another one of those, so I was instantly done for the day. Uh, I don't know if you were on the episode... No, I think I talked about that while we were live, all together live. Um, mm-hmm. Person plays a card and they get another turn, and then they play the card again so they get another turn, and you never get another turn in the game, and it just ends because they eventually kill you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had another one of those shit. matches, so I was like, all right, I'm done for the day. Um, but I'll talk more <laughs> about magic in a minute. So I've been I've been bouncing around. Now before I get into uh, PC and console games, uh, real quick mobile game that kind of caught me by surprise. I I was in the App Store, uh, the Google Play Store, whatever they call it, and I was updating apps. And I had tabbed over by accident to you know their screen where they show things you might be interested in and whatnot. And on it I saw Assassin's Creed. Well, first I saw Shining Force, and I know that's an old Sega game. I looked at it, and it was the first two games, or first three games. I don't know how many there are in the series, but it's the first three games. So I was like, huh. So I hmm. downloaded that. Haven't touched it, because after that I saw an Assassin's Creed icon. I was like, what is this? Because there are Assassin's Creed uh, companion apps and stuff. But this one didn't look familiar to me. I used the other ones. Um, this is actually its own little game. And looking at the previews, I thought maybe... It looked kind of almost like a Fallout Shelter type game, which would be really cool. Um, it's not quite that. Um, it's So there is a overarching story to it. Assassins versus Templars, you know, typical stuff. Um, there are story missions. And the way it works is you have a team of three assassins you can send out per mission. Um, mm-hmm. You start out with three assassins, so you don't have to worry about an incomplete team or something. And you quickly get a fourth. Um, and then it it kind of stalled a little bit just because, you know, difficulty ramps up. So you have to make sure you're doing missions in the correct order and difficulty to, you know, otherwise you're just going to get stomped and have to wait for your people to heal. Uh, right. But it's, and there is an energy system to it, but it hasn't been a problem for me so far. My people are typically hurt is why I don't can't do any more missions. Um, but it's, it's really interesting the way they did it because your missions and when I saw the levels, I was thinking, okay, maybe it's kind of like the uh, 2D games they released, uh, those three games where you're kind of mm-hmm. on that, like I said, 2D platform thing. It's, it is 2D, but you pick your actions. It's not, uh, it's not real time. It's, you know, essentially turn-based, if you will. Um but you start out in a room 
are outside a building, whatever, you're in a square on the screen, essentially. That's what I call a room. Whether it's outside or inside, technically, not relevant to this. But, okay. And then it'll show you where you can move from there. So it'll be the next room, or maybe the roof, or you can pick out of the two, you know, which approach you want to take. Um, sometimes they lead to the same place. Sometimes they lead to different places. Sometimes you'll get halfway on one route and another route will open up, etc. So you have this basically a large building uh, that you have to work your way through for one objective or another. Uh, usually, you know, assassinate someone, obviously, or collect this intel or tamper with this intel or something like that. And then there will mm-hmm. be bonus objectives, you know, get the additional loot where you find these chests. And uh, if you have someone that can pick the lock, you get what's in it. If you have to bust it open, it damages it. So you only get partial loot. So kind of neat little mechanic there. Um, and as you go through these rooms, you pick which one of your three assassins. You can only have one assassin per room at a time. If one dies and you switch over, but hopefully that doesn't happen. So you have one mm-hmm. go through a room at a time. Um, and based on their skills, we'll determine what, what first off, what options are available in the room to begin with. And second, how good they are at them. Um, for example, you run across a guard you have, well, before I get into the details, let me talk more about the classes of your assassins because they have classes and your classes have subclasses. So this is a, this is probably it's one of the most deep. complex Assassin's Creed games mm-hmm. I've played and it's a mobile game. Um, wow. So your assassins are broken into three major categories. Uh, I'll start by identifying colors, blue, green, pink. Okay. Blue are your more straight up traditional assassins. These are the guys that are going to be fleet of foot. They're going to be stealthy. They're going to be stabby as in uh, stealth stabby. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's typically, you know, kind of the bulk of what you do. Now, your pink is your kind of brawlers. Uh, I think later on, the pink is also tanks type uh, uh, characters. So... And they're all assassins, they're just, you know, different roles they play. Um, And then the green are support. So, and then you have subclasses. So for your blue assassin characters, you have, uh, gosh, I probably pulled the game to get the actual terms, but they had different icons within their colored icon that kind of indicate what they do. Uh, There's one that has like a skull with a dagger. Those are your uh, assassin types. Those are the ones that are going to be doing your stealth kills, etc. Or just straight up better in combat, too. Um, Not Mm -hmm. all of them use the hidden blades. Some do. Some use a sword, you know. Um, And there's a whole equipment system, too. Uh, So uh, you have your stealth assassin type. You have one that has kind of a winged boot. uh, You know, like kind of Greek mythology type thing. Um, And that's your fleet of foot. These are your people that are going to be better at climbing buildings, going over... uh, uh, what do you call them? The, oh my God, going over things, <laughs> scaffolding. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, going over scaffolding to go around enemies. And then you have, um, what's the third one? Third and something else. Uh, oh, the third one I think is more stealth. I can't remember the icon for it. Um, I'm going to have the game loading while I'm talking so I can double check these. But your third one is more focused on stealth. They may or may not be able to also stabby kill stealthily, but they may just have their purpose may specifically be to sneak through an area. 
which mm-hmm. when you, like I said, you get to this guard, you have typically up to three options. First, well, four. Four options overall. Your first is you just go in and you attack them straight up. You go, hey, I'm here, and I'm going to kill you to your face. You know, that's kind of what you typically do with the brawler, so you don't want to do that with your assassin character. Uh, but you can do it with assassins if you want. You know, mm-hmm. typically not terrible at combat. Um, but aside from your straight up confrontation, you have, okay, well, I'm going to hide in a bush and do a stealth kill on them. Or I may just sneak up behind them and stealth kill them. Um, and each action has a percentage to it based on their skill, the difficulty of the mission, etc. So uh, going up to stealth kill this guy, just doing it from behind him, I may have an 80% chance. But if I hide in the bush and do it, I may have an 85% chance because that gives mm-hmm. me that little bit more of a surprise on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do the stealth kill. You can just hide in the bush and let him pass. You can stealth as your third option. Um, or you can, like I was talking about climbing scaffolding, it may be scaffolding, it may be, you know, boxes or something, but you'll go over and still obviously stealthy, but you'll, it's not the same as just hiding. Um, it's a different skill to tell how well you can climb stuff. You can go over that guard. So you have all these different ways. And of course, based on the level, you may only have two ways. You may only have one. You may have to kill him. Uh, there may be nowhere to hide. So you want to use your brawler in that case to do the direct confrontation because you have no other option. But most of the time, uh, unless there's a a specific reason, like it's a boss or they want you to have this confrontation because they want to break up the stealth parts, um, you can, uh, you know, adjust. Um, Like I said, there's a whole equipment system. Uh, You have three slots. You have the weapon, you have armor, and then you have an accessory. Uh, Each assassin has a particular weapon and armor type it requires. Uh, like I was saying, some assassins have a short sword. Some have the hidden dagger, or hidden, uh, what you call it? Uh, and hidden blade. Wrist blades. What? The wrist blades? Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think what they were specifically called. I think they're just called hidden blades. Um, Stabby wrist blades. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and then the accessories are... They're kind of broken down into three. It's like belts, uh, pouches, and shoes or something like that. The belt is for basically brawler stats. Um, the uh, the boots are more for your assassin types. They it typically boost both movement and stabby uh, kills. And then the third is like a health boost and dodge for characters that shouldn't get hit. But if they have to be in danger, they have a little bit more of a padding and some more defensive capabilities. Um, any character can equip any accessory. So if you have a stealthy guy that keeps getting in combat, throw on the belt for more strength or throw on the uh, pouch or whatever it is for more uh, defense or more health, you know, because you know they're going to be in danger. Or if they fail a stealth kill, they need that defense to be able to, you know, stick through it and not die. A terrible death. I just get absolutely fucking murdered. Yeah. And I've had that happen. I had a situation where I didn't have a brawler with me because I didn't. Typically, a mission will tell you you should have these things. Um, It'll tell you up to three, but typically two things. You know, you need an assassin with a stabby ability and you need a brawler with you. Or you need a stabby guy and a support guy 
if it says the support guy, okay, I'm probably going to have to open a chest with the lockpicks. Now, I have one assassin. I don't know which one it is because I only saw this once and I, I'm too lazy to go through my characters. I have one assassin that has the lockpick ability. I had no idea he could even get it. But the way these characters are set up, they have various skills. They don't All assassins don't have the same skills. Even if they all have the skull stabby thing indicating they're good at stealth kills. I have one that sucks at jumping and climbing things. That's not even an option when I go into those rooms with him. He has a standard, hmm. same, uh, I say same, but he has slightly higher agility, so slightly more. But his option is the basically grayed out plebeian option of moving across the screen. Whereas an assassin will have a blue icon you tap on and he'll do an assassin, you know, version of the move. Uh, the special flip up the wall or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, this game has so much to it. Um, there is a uh, base aspect to it, which is what drew me to the thumbnails to begin with. And while it's not as complex as I expected, it is still fairly decent, um, all things considered. Uh, I think the only real issue I've had with the game so far is the resource management as far as making equipment. Uh, so there are, like I said, there's story missions you can do, and then there are other bonus side missions you can do. They're sorted into three categories. One is for uh, uh, Helix or DNA, which is how you get new assassins. You find their DNA and eventually unlock them. Um, you have another one that is called, they're actually called loot missions, where you go and that's typically where you get all your materials from. And then you have another one that's called standard missions. These are your go in, mess things up, and the reward for that one is your XP scrolls, if you will. Uh, there's a room in your base where you can actually put your assassins in, use these scrolls, and it levels them up over time. Um, typically, like, at the early levels, it's like anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes, depending how m many levels you're trying to go up. Uh, right now, I'm level 9, so I'm pushing all my people up to level 9. I was level 8, and everybody hit level 8, and then I leveled up again, so now I have to do everybody else again. Um, I'm actually running out of scrolls now. Uh, <laughs> I've only been playing this for two days, though, but... Man, for a mobile game, this isn't bad. Um, the being Ubisoft, of course, they have their Helix credits. Um, I've actually, I mentioned you get the fourth assassin fairly quick. I jumped from four to 11 assassins in the matter of wow. like three minutes because it gave me enough of these Helix credits to where I went and was able to buy the 10 pack of these, you know, basically loot boxes in game um, mm -hmm. and it you have a chance to unlock an assassin but typically you'll get dna for them um i had like and each box gives you three pieces of dna uh or three slots for dna it may be you know i don't know if this is that number it's like two to four in each slot or the slot can just straight up give me an assassin i had a couple that gave me two out of the three were just straight up assassins so nice this is very yeah very non-pay friendly. You know, I'm earning these credits <laughs> just playing the game. I jump so much. And when you jump assassins like that, that's so many more missions you can do. You know, when I only had four, I was struggling because I was like, all right, I'm going to go do a mission. Well, now I have to wait. Now I can go, okay, well, let's see. I think I'm up to 14 assassins now. All right. Divided by three. Okay, I've got four sets of assassins I can send out without ever worrying about healing someone. Now, I do have to worry about types still, of course. You know, 
I still only have one brawler for some reason. But I have a lot of support. I have a lot of assassins. And not every mission requires a brawler. So I'll pick the missions I want to do them, send them out on and do those. And hey, all my people are healing at once. I've got a lot of resources or a lot of DNA or a lot of, you know, experience. I start people leveling up. I close the game and move on. A couple hours later, come back, do it again. It's been crazy fun. Uh, very unsuspecting. Would you say this is the game that's pulled you out of your slump? No. It's a mobile game. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Damn. <laughs> Damn. Destroy. He's I mean, like fucking mobile trash. Technically, technically, I, I may not be giving enough justice by saying no. It kind of has. Like, earlier I was waiting on the podcast, and I was like, all right, I've got like three hours. I was sitting here already, you know, ready to go. I'm like, what am I going to do? I just laid back on my couch, which, by the way, <laughs> something else I did physically in the room. I moved my love seat couch thing over to my desk instead of my chair. I got tired of it. There so now I have a go. love seat for my desk. Um, so I just yes. kicked back on the couch playing this game for a bit while I waited, you know, watching Twitch. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of, it. I mean, I was really playing Magic before that, and then I got tired of that. So it, it's kind. Of, so it's that- one of my go-to games for now when I'm bored. Let me ask you a question about mobile games real quick. Sure. All right. Uh, so one of the things I didn't say in my week is uh, I went out and got a new phone. Mm-hmm. Got a brand new phone. Uh, and on it came pre-installed Final Fantasy Fifteen mobile game. Oh, God. Do you know anything about this game? No, and I don't want to. Oh, God. I See, I, I did so much as go ahead and download all the updates and stuff sure. for it. And I'm going to try it out here in a little bit. But... uh. Yeah, I was wondering if either of y'all had, had seen or heard anything about this game. Before if I I'm not it. mistaken, this is the game that is like the entire Final Fantasy 15 game, but it's it's like the different graphics. It's the mobile style graphics. That's like, is, is it actually chibi style? I don't remember. Yeah, I it think it's be. like chibi style. Yeah. So, so I mean, here's the yeah. thing for me, Adam, and why I said what I did. I mm-hmm. own the game on Xbox One. I actually own two copies of it. Um, I think I talked about that a while back, but I started playing it, but I never finished it because it just completely, I lost interest in it. It wasn't pulling me in. I didn't like a lot of the mechanics and I had no desire to go through the same thing on mobile. Um, I don't, yeah, uh, that's why it has no interest to me. Hmm. I guess we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm going to see what I can do. It, it looked really mobile gameish. Uh, it was like, uh. It's kind of got that Clash of Clans vibe coming from it to me. Uh, yeah. the, it's like there was a base and like buildings to build and stuff like that. Huh. Just from what little I looked at uh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, uh. I think there are actually a couple like, different games. So I'm not sure which uh, one you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, I'll have yeah. to I'll have to look and give you the specific name of the game. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give it a swirl. I'm going to see how see how it goes and uh more to come. I, I think More that's the come. older one. I think the one Michael and I were talking about are, is the newer one that's actually supposed to be the game-like story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's that. The older one is more loosely related, um, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. I I don't know anything I, about that one, actually. No. It, it was, was it was pre-installed on the phone. So Final Fantasy XV, A New Empire? Is that what it is? Maybe. If it is, yeah, that's not the... 
the the pocket edition is what we're talking about. Right. That's yeah. basically where they take 15 and go, here's the entirety of 15, but chibi. The new empire, yeah, it's more of, yeah, the castle defending and all that shit. Yeah. So. All right. So now, Just go play Final Fantasy 12. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so now that I spent. So should I play? Should I play Persona Five or Final Fantasy Twelve? Well, Persona I mean, 5. finish five a couple times, and then when you decide to come around to play a Final Fantasy again, start. I'll with play 12. a remake. I, uh, and I'll <laughs> parry the shit out of Sephiroth. And you I'll would, you slash him would right wait there. for fucking the remake before you play twelve, <laughs> even though the remake's not coming out till twenty thirty one. That's right. I'll play Final Fantasy twelve remake. All right. Anyway, to try to get this train back on the tracks, as much of a derailed mess as it is. The spirit tracks. Um, all right. Damn. Didn't expect to spend that long talking about a mobile game, but that's how much I've enjoyed the game so far. Um, moving on to games I haven't enjoyed as much. Um, I say that. So I I have the Humble Bundle monthly subscription things. So I get you know games through them every month for free. Uh, most of the times I don't really even uh use the key add it to steam for months later because i don't really care about most of the games um what i did do is i actually went and bought their board game bundle they have up now i think they still have it up it might be gone now um but i bought that last week and while i was having the slump of not knowing what to play i said you know what i bought some new games i'm gonna do the responsible thing i'm gonna actually play some of them you know, crazy idea, buy games and actually play them. Um, so, Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, let me see what order I have these in. All right. So Pathfinder Adventure. This one caught my eye because Pathfinder, right? Um, the D&D-like system, etc. We've talked about them before. So like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Should be right up my alley. Uh, this is a very interesting game. Um, you are... Essentially, using dice roll, dice rolls, of course, as you'd expect, and cards to represent equipment, enemies, etc. Um, it's, I don't know how I feel about it. I played it for an hour and a half. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time was just trying to learn the systems in the game, how it worked. Uh, I don't know how closely it resembles actually Pathfinder, but because it wasn't super close to D&D for me, other than dice rolls. Um, stat differences, names are going to be different. Of course, I understand that's a Pathfinder versus D&D type thing. No issue there. Uh-huh. But the way it works is... So I had this first area I was going to, and when you go there, it's like your main objective is to kill this bad guy. You know, this bandit leader, whatever his role is. I don't know what his actual title is anymore. But it's like, yeah, this is the boss. Okay. And in this area, you have six or I think it's seven locations total that he could be at. So you pick an area and you assign a character there. Now you can make your party, you make your party before you start this and your party can be anywhere from one character to like eight characters, but they go in order of turns. So if you have too many characters, then your turns are going to cause you not to be able to get back to this one place in a, you know, short amount of time. So things may change uh, because some effects impact other characters. Uh, finding the boss triggers a thing that impacts other characters. 
So you may not be ready with your other characters if you have too many turns. So, and it gives you a warning about this when you're creating the party to make sure you don't do too many or too few. You want to have a balance type thing. So it's like, all right. So I started out with three, I think it was. You know, I had a rogue, a warrior, and something else. Didn't really matter. I didn't do too well. <laughs> um, I, I did okay, I'd say. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. you go into one of these areas, uh, and each, you have a, by the way, you have a set amount of time to do this. And I didn't know this until the first time it said, oh, you ran out of time. I was like, I was on a timer. I didn't even know it because it's this small little ticker at the top of the screen that ticks over every turn. And it just is very uh, unobtrusive. So it just and blended right the, into the background. What was the name? This what was is, the name of this game? This is Pathfinder Adventures. Pathfinder Adventures. Yeah. So uh, the game's a year and a half old. So it's been out a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so you get to an area. It's like, all right, this is the character's turn. This is your rogue's turn. And you actually get to choose the turn order when you put your assign your characters. It's like, all right, what order do you want their turns to be in? Which is pretty cool. You know, you can always make sure the cleric is later on uh, if you have a cleric in your group so that they heal after the other stuff happens. And, you know, it's useful heals, if you will. Um, you don't want to heal and then them get hurt. And then your heal's wasted. So you get to the area, and then you draw a card. You, what do they call exploring the area? And based on that card, you have to make rolls. You, if it's a bad guy and you're a rogue, you can choose to stealth and avoid it, uh, or fight it. And then you can play cards to give you bonuses to your rolls and whatnot. Um, I don't think it's a bad game. Um, it's, but it's an interesting game. And like I said, I play for an hour and a half, which is more than several games on my list I'll be talking about today. Um, I'll probably revisit it at some point, but I don't know. It, it just didn't pull me in, if you will. And not just because of my, you know, funk I'm in. It just, the systems, the turn-based stuff, uh, there are limitations on how many cards you can have, and they're really strict limitations. Like, I understand a character only being able to equip so many of a type of card. Totally makes sense, you know? A warrior is going to be able to equip more armor cards than a rogue or a cleric. Totally cool with that. What I didn't like was after every mission, when it's like, yeah, you win. Here's all your loot. Okay, now sell 75% up because you can't hold it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Wow. So that was worthless. And it's like, okay, I'll sell it and I'll have lots of money, right? Nope. It's like one gold, one gold, two gold. That's worth nothing because it's broken. What? Oh, okay. So <laughs> some of the systems are very non... They're, they're basically showstoppers for me, such as the inventory system. If that was better, I would probably would have put more time in the game. But after my third time of having to sell almost everything I earned, I was like, why am I doing this? I'm accomplishing nothing. Because my characters aren't... I mean, my characters are getting better stuff, but I'm not able to hold more the stuff to for situational stuff. Like... Okay, I have this thing of fire resistance. I don't need that anytime soon. I'm not fighting anything that needs that I need fire resistance for. I just want to hold it in my stash until I get to a level where I need it. Nope, don't have room for it. Got to sell it. So what do I do later? You know, hope I have another one by then. It's just this yeah, is. Yeah, I can see how that could be frustrating. Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't really rate it as far as a story thing goes uh, because I don't. I only did the first area. That the hour and a half was me trying that first area twice. I think I failed the first time because of time. 
I think I might have actually failed the second time because of time as well, but then the third time I actually beat it. Uh, so it was what it was. Interesting little game. Like I said, I got part of the Humble Bundle thing. Uh, Humble Bundle Bundle. Uh, board game bundle, they called it. Um, next game on my list is not part of that bundle. Um, so I'm not, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of putting these in order from worst to best. Uh, Sort of. I think the next one after this is actually probably the worst on the list. But um, So the next one is Ancestor's Legacy. Oh, and by the way, I'd like both of you to pull up the spreadsheet, if you will, because I have my list of games on there. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you a question in a little bit, so I want you to have your options available. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, Ancestor's Legacy. This was not part of that. I didn't buy this game. This game was part of... They had a free weekend to play it. Um, and it looked interesting. Uh, the pictures and stuff show a uh, combat, a not quite RTS. Uh, I guess it kind of is RTS-y. But I, I, when I saw the screenshots, I thought more of a, like, Kingdoms Battling. You know, the Suikoden minigame type thing where you have your little warriors fighting against other little warriors. That's what I thought it was kind of going to be. Uh, after getting into it, it is more of an RTS, just without the base building aspect. At least I didn't get to that part. Um, I only had 30 minutes in the game because I didn't get back to it before the window ended. But I totally wanted to play more of this. I just, more Christmas stuff and all that got in my way. Um, it So it's a medieval uh, time frame game. Uh, you are one nation and... The intro is you're invading another nation, but then you get routed. So now you're this foreign army kind of stranded in enemy territory. They pretty much decimated your forces. They've captured parts of your forces. It's not a good place to be. Um, so it's a little interesting story going on there. Uh, like I said, there was no base building. It's just like, hey, move your pe- move your people. And it had like, you know, typical RTS control groups. Uh, you uh-huh. could do to sort your guys. That was nice to have. Uh, though I typically just lumped everybody together and send them on my way. Uh, there wasn't any real, Jerk. yeah, there wasn't any real micro to be involved in this game as far as I got. You know, maybe later on it gets more detailed. Um, but this is certainly a game I'm interested in. Uh, this game just came out in May. Uh, it's got very positive reviews uh, for recent on Steam and mostly positive for the lifetime. And it's got over a thousand reviews. So I may end up buying this game <laughs> to play it more. Um, yeah. There you go. Well, at least you found something. That'll pull you out of your slump, right? Right? Nah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So next on my list is the game that I'm saying is the worst on my list of games. Oh, God. Uh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's called Fighting Fantasy Legends. And this is another one I got in that board game bundle thing, which... It wasn't really board games. I've come to figure out. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of a certain style of games, I guess you will. So I like, I really like, I will say, the concept behind this game. It is a essentially choose your adventure, open world, D&D type game, if you will, which I love D&D. I want to play D&D type games. That's why I played this, you know, after seeing the pictures and stuff for it. But, but there's some interesting systems. And the systems are what killed it for me. Uh, much worse than the other game, where it's just like the, the inventory and timer and stuff was a little odd and threw me off. This, I just, 
Yeah. So I let me see how much time I spent. I spent 30 minutes on this game, and that was all I was willing to put into it. Um, Damn. So didn't even make the hour mark. No, 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 no. 30 minutes was pushing it. Um, so the premise is you're an adventurer, of course. You know, D and D like thing. You're an adventurer. You do things. Um, and you first come to this village. And this is on an overworld type screen, by the way. It starts out overworld. I think it has a little intro thing and then takes you to the overworld. I don't quite remember. Um, and you can choose. I think you had three classes to choose from to start. Uh, I picked the roguey type. Um, and it lets you allocate stats, uh, sort of. You have, because there aren't, uh, there's a stat system. It's not super relevant to what I have to say about the game. It's there. Um but the, uh, so it starts you out on this overworld. You click on the city and you're like, all right, I'm going to go into the city and do stuff. They just talk to you on the overworld. I'm like, okay, fine. They're basically mission givers. You know, go over here and actually start playing the game. Okay, fine. So I used to move around the world map using their little system to go down the road. I get to the town and, you know, it transitions to the gate. You know, there are guards at the gate. What do I want to do? What do I tell the guards I'm doing? You know, mm-hmm. so I tell them, hey, I'm here to see this guy. And they're like, hmm, pay us and we'll let you in. Okay, sure, I paid him. You know, new to the city, don't want to start conflict yet, don't know what's going on. So I enter the city and it's like, all right, where do you want to go? I'm like, oh, okay, you're going to give me this freedom? Great. Uh, I'm going to go over here. And I move up the road and I'm like, you know what? I think the other area was more interesting. Couldn't go backwards. I'm like, that's an interesting choice. Uh, um, maybe I can loop around, you know? So I kind of, I keep hugging, I keep basically keep, keep choosing, choosing left to hopefully circle around. <laughs> Didn't work. Um, but, and this is all cool stuff, you know, other than not being able to go backwards, having these options, being able to, you know, okay, where in the city do you want to go? It, it's a very cool thing to do, cool concept. And then, I started getting events. You know, they're actually spark. Par, uh, excuse me, they're actually parts of the screen on the map that sparkle with question marks and stuff. And they're like, "This is a random event. When you go to these, something is going to happen." Okay, sure. You could have just had it happen and not let me see it. Whatever, don't care. Just a little bit more, you know, decision making process when I see those. That's fine. Okay, I hit it. It's like, all right, you. Uh, this person walks up, and you know. It starts talking to you and you have options you can choose from. All right, well, say I choose the option that ticks him off so he wants to fight me. I say, come at me, bro, and get into combat. Here is where the game lost me. All right? Typically, typically in a game like this, RPG, you roll dice. That's okay. Yeah. I say RPG. I meant like tabletop RPG. You roll dice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my dice are up on the screen. I'm like... All right, so I need five successes to kill this guy, and we go back and forth in turns until either I'm dead or I have enough successes to kill him total. Okay, roll my dice. I'm like, wow, I got like four. I'm like, great. And then I kill him the next turn. You know, he only got like two hits on me. I'm like, all right, I'm off to a great start. Didn't realize how lucky I got on that roll. You know, and that was out of like nine dice. Because when you, those stats you choose at the beginning, that determines mm-hmm. how many dice you get to roll. But the more dice you have to roll, the lower your maximum health. So you have a trade-off. Uh, you have to choose yeah. which one you yeah, want. Yeah. So I, I did bump my health down like two slots less than it normally would have been. Not a huge difference in this game. 
but they gave me two more die. Uh, so I was like, great. Um, move on with my way, get into another fight later on. And I'm like, wow, I got zero successes on my first roll. And I look at the pictures of the die, the dice, and I'm like, wait, I have like 10 dice, but only one out of six sides is a success. I'm like, what? Wait, so you're telling me that I have a one out of six chance on each of these <laughs> to actually be successful. That doesn't sound wow. good. But I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. It's that bad. I had so many rolls where I got zero successes. Um, and eventually I leveled, um, you know, pushing my way through, uh, brute forcing it essentially. I level and I'm like, all right, I am going to level up. Every time you level, you get to choose one set of dice to boost, if you will, to level up. I'm going to level up my combat because that's what I've done. All I hadn't done any luck-based uh, rolls or skill checks, they call them, whatever they want to call them. It's luck and combat. I haven't done any luck. I'm going to just boost my combat. So I level up my combat. It adds another success to the very first die. I'm like, okay. So now on one die, I have a two out of six chance, a one third chance. On all the others, still one out of six. I'm like, mm. hmm, that's unfortunate. I level again. Okay. I put another one. So then I'm at three out of six on the first one. It doesn't do, you know, two on the two out of six on the second one. It's all on the first die. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. So I've got at least one fairly good chance of getting a uh, success. At least one. One 50-50 shot. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So I level again. I'm like, okay, I want to boost this die up, and eventually I'll have a guaranteed success, right? No. The maximum success rate you can have per die is 50%. After you have three filled out on one, it goes to the other one adds a second. So you, it will never let you have more than 50%. So like oh, that's I mean I look having a it, I'm cool with them making it a one in six thing I really am as long as they let you pad it later on and be like okay this is damn near guarantee if I have a five out of six chance at the end of it I'm cool with that because mm-hmm. yeah, that's how that's how tabletop games work yeah. you know you pad your stats over time mm-hmm. and you go from being like okay well I've got to roll really good to I don't really have to roll hardly at all. You know, to make this because I've got like a plus fifteen to the check or whatever, right? And that that just shows your progression, right? Yep. So I'm I'm okay with being weak at the start as long as you can finish hard, but they yeah. don't ever let you do it. Nope, not that I saw. And again, I played for thirty minutes, so maybe later on you get magical powers and it changes the system. I don't know, but yeah. I'm like, okay, this is not great. I start losing. Uh, I actually lose fights, and my character gets knocked out and transported to some other town. <laughs> I'm not in the <laughs> town anymore. They like dumped me in the river or something. I guess I floated downstream or they just, you know, kidnapped me and dropped me off somewhere, kicked me out of town. I'm like, okay. So I, you know, quote unquote, wake up in this city and it tells you, oh, hey, you have a, a wound. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? So I look and it has another uh, marker on the die the one that has my two, I think it was two successes at that point. I hadn't leveled up the other time yet, but I have this little X on it. I'm like, okay, what's, what's that mean? I read and it says, oh, if you roll the X, you instantly lose the check. Whatever combat, luck check, depending on which kind of check it is, you instantly lose if you land on that. Oh, by the way, the only way to get rid of a wound is to go to these particular places and pay for it. Or for luck, go to these places and get, you know, your curse removed. And it's like, 
okay, that's pretty expensive. So I had a I had a curse on my luck. I think it was the first one I got. And I was like, okay. I think I had failed actually a luck skill check at that point, not combat. So I think it applies to whatever you failed that caused you to die, if you will. I say die, you know, go unconscious, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay. So I don't use the luck very often, so that's fine. I'll just stay cursed. Sure enough, I go back into town, and I talk to the same guards, and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? First off, they didn't acknowledge that I'd been there before. Whatever. Don't really care. Typical RPG type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm used to some non, uh, n- you know, non-changing dynamic NPCs. That's fine. So I'm like, I decided to try a different approach. I was like, okay, I'm here to sell a cursed item. And they're like, huh. Um, and it's like, roll a luck check to see if they'll believe you. Basically, your bluff check. Rest in peace. I hit the curse. First roll. Um, and all right. That was all right. You lose. And I had to fight them after that because I failed that check automatically. God. I fought them. Barely won. I go into town limping. I'm like, all right. So I stop at a place. Uh, I had remember seeing where I could heal, I think, or buy a healing item, potion or something. So I was like, all right, I'll stop in and heal. And then I'll be good. So I paid the fortune it cost me to heal. I'm still cursed, by the way. Hitting it doesn't make it go away. It's there until you get it removed. So I'm like, okay. And I go through. Sure enough, I end up with another luck check. And Jesus, I, man. I hit the curse again. I'm like, okay, wow. I'm fucking done with this. Yeah, I, fuck these that, dice man. roll game. Uh, it, like, as I was listening to this, the first thing I thought of was like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe this is one of those games that where they just toss you in the deep end and stick it in you so you can see what it's going to be like in the end. Yeah. You know, sometimes they, like in, in Dark Souls or Demon Souls, they make you fight that big monster right at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, we're going to have to fight this thing. It just kills you. And then the real game starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, well, maybe when he floated down river, now he's going to get thing in the tutorial you're gonna gonna get the hand holding part where they're not throwing shit at you all hardcore doesn't seem like that was sounds like it sounds like a bunch of fuckery to me yeah Yeah. i would not recommend this game to anyone for any reason um i'm actually gonna go look at what the reviews are for it it's mostly positive that's surprising um only 80 okay fair enough nobody's played it that's why (laughs) okay anyway so paid reviews very likely at this point. Um, so next game on my list is one that uh, you both, I believe, have played. Uh, yes. little game, game called Messenger. Uh, platforming ninja game. Uh, Michael talked about how hard it is and he sucks at it. Side to side, yep. I give it a shot. Um, I, mm-hmm. I put 40 minutes into the game. Um, I don't know how long it takes to deliver the scroll, but I haven't done that. Don't know if that's close enough to even be considered. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. No. So I started playing it, um, and I had actually put in like three minutes of the of this game, apparently according to Steam, at some point. And I remember doing that, but I like did the intro thing where they give you your mission to deliver the scroll, and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. remember why, but I just loaded it up just to get an initial look at it. Uh, but the other day, I actually sat down to play it for real, um, and. Uh, this time I already had my uh, Xbox controller plugged in from playing another game, so I actually was playing with the controller. Not sure if you guys mm-hmm. are, 
or were. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. If it's if it's on my computer and yeah, that's a check that I make for games that I purchase even through yeah, Steam, I, I need right. controller support. I can barely handle platforming as it is. <laughs> okay, if they, without a control, if it doesn't have controller support, you just throw that shit in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'd actually had the controller plugged in from uh, Celeste. Um, so I play about forty minutes in. I can certainly see where some of the mechanics make it difficult at times. Um, I did put the game down uh, for the moment because I had just got done playing Celeste and I was like, all right, this isn't bad. I'm enjoying myself. You know, there are a couple of difficult parts, but nothing crazy. It's just more my stupidity. Oh, hey, I can the duck. The difficulty here. doesn't come till later. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, I can shoot the guy across the screen instead of trying to avoid his thing every time. Duh. You know, that's my stupidity. It's not the game being hard. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, okay, yeah, this is a game I can see myself putting more time in, but I'm like, I just played Celeste, a platformer, beat it. I'm not playing a platformer right now. So, I right. gently place the game down and I'll come back to it. But I just want to let you guys know I'm actually, I have started it. Uh, so, I can eventually add my, you know, opinion to yours of the game overall. Once I get further. All right. My new weekly, this is the new Destiny 2 of my week, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. The biggest thing, and I could have mentioned this in news, but uh, it's kind of part of my week as well. So I just saved it. They patched the game last night. This is not the full release yet but they overhauled a lot of systems. Um, mm-hmm. In particular, a note for me personally as a player, uh, they changed up the ranking system. They reset all ranks for this new ranking system. Uh, the lower tiers are much more scrub-friendly for people like me. Um, you actually can't de-rank certain beginner ranks, so it always gives you that positive movement until you get to a certain point. And it's like, you know... It's still bronze four three two one, and then silver four three two one. Uh, but like once you get silver, you can't drop down to bronze. So if I ever hit silver mm. four, I can live there eternally and lose all I want. Um, I've only played like three or four games on the new ranking system. Uh, lost about half of them, so I'm like halfway through bronze four, I think. Uh, it's not the same circle system it was graphically. That was miserable. It looks like they actually have tick marks. Uh, like bronze four, I have four marks under my, if I go to my profile and look at it, uh, four little lines, if you will. And two of them are lit up, I guess, for my two wins I had uh, today while I was playing in this uh, ladder system. So it looks like when I hit four, I'll go up to tier three. Um, I don't know if I can drop back to four. I don't think I can yet. I think once you get up to like silver, it'll start dropping down tier or something like that. There's a whole forum post they made with the whole system and how it worked. And I read it for a while trying to fully understand everything, but I just can't remember all the stuff on top of my head. Um, they made changes to actually play types. They, some of them they just renamed. Um, some of them they added like for the casual, uh, I say casual, the, uh, the basic, let's say the basic modes, uh, are play, which is just, you bring a deck and it'll rank, it'll put you against someone randomly, no ranks involved, nothing. This is where you go. If you want just a pure test of a deck without worrying about your ladder points and stuff. Um, they have ranked, 
which is what I was talking about. I played it's bring your deck and they put against someone else uh, Mm -hmm. around your rank and they've changed the uh, matchmaking system. Um, I haven't played enough yet to know how well it works in comparison. I need a bigger sample size, Uh, but they did change all that up too. Uh, And then they have traditional play, which I believe is a best of three. Oh, deck contains banned cards. Nice to know. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, I just want, I tried to open it up far enough to see if I could uh, see. Uh, Are you trying to cheat? I was trying to see if it was a best of three or not, but I don't Apparently think I can trying, without actually starting it. In that trying mode. to use illegal cards and shit to win. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now. The deck uh-huh. it defaulted to was one of the pre-built ones they gave me, so not my fault. um but yeah so they changed up the modes there are other uh constructed draft all those are still in there they just changed them up uh somewhat there was a little bit of an uproar from the community because they took away some of the rewards in one of the modes but they said we hear you we're and they're like we're not put or they actually they made a post on twitter saying hey the patch isn't going to drop yet um it will come later tonight we hear you about the rewards on this mode more to follow. I looked at it this morning, and the rewards are back to basically how they were. Uh, so, like, okay, yeah. And that was, like, in the span of, like, three hours. They made the change. Uh, or the patch was only delayed three hours, I should say. While they took this feedback, immediately made these changes. Man, they are I love on it top when I of see developers do. I love it when I see developers do stuff like that. Makes me so happy. So, uh, yeah. one of the Man, reasons for all these changes they're making... And this is kind of the big magic news thing right now is they are putting in $10 million worth of prize money in 2019 for Magic the Gathering esports. Wow. Based on the arena uh, client. So right now, the rank system we're in is technically called a preseason. And when January something rolls around, I think season one starts and it'll be like, 60 days long or something like that, they said, per season. And your rank will reset after each one. Uh, Or, no. Yes. No. There's something, there's some condition where it said your rank won't reset, but then others it will, I think. I don't remember. Anyway, this is a whole big thing. It just dropped last night. I don't know a whole lot about the esports part of it, except that it's a thing and that it's kind of exciting for something like Magic to get to this point. Yeah. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Because with Arena, I mean, it's got me playing it, and I haven't played Magic in over a decade. You know, I haven't cared about Magic in over a decade, uh, aside from watching stuff like Spell Slingers, you know. And even watching that, I was like, okay, yeah, Magic, yeah, it's pretty cool to watch and stuff, these games, but I'm not going to play. I'm not going to go buy cards. I don't have to. I have Arena. I can play. I can have almost the identical experience for me personally. I mean, there are others, I'm sure, will say, mm-hmm. you know, I like playing with the paper cards better, I, whatever. For me, Arena's great. It's free. I dropped five bucks to buy their, you know, welcome package, essentially. But that was after putting, like, 50 hours into the game. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Sure, man. yeah. I've been playing the game for a month. I say 50, it's probably more than that, because it was a month into it. Um, yeah, I put all these hours in this game. Absolutely, I'll buy your $5 package. Adam, I told you when I bought this, because we were actually recording at the time. Mm-hmm. Those cards I got from those packs were absolute trash. Um, there you go, man. <laughs> but, but the end game currency I got 
makes up for it. I'll just earn more cards, you know, in different modes, uh, which is great. There's so many different ways to earn stuff. I had, and there are these fun little modes on the weekends. I talked about this before, but there was one, uh, well, not last weekend. I think it was the weekend before, uh, but it was one where when it was a cascade mode. Uh, actually, I think I talked about that one. But I went on after talking about it to play it so much, I ran out of in-game gold. And I was like, oh, wow. okay, I guess I can't play it anymore. Because <laughs> it costs like 500 gold per shot uh, to play. And even with what I won, I'd only win back like 100 or 200 each time because I suck. But I had fun playing. I had so much fun playing, I just kept playing even though I kept losing. It was great. Um, I love those experiences where you don't have to win to have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but I'm already up to like 7,900 gold now just from playing other modes and doing dailies and weeklies. It's such a great system. And like I said, I spent five bucks. I didn't have to. Like I said, those gar- those cards were trash. It's only unlocking a small little bit more stuff a little bit faster. It's nice. just, it's just like in uh, Hearthstone, they're just giving you a little bit and and... That's that. That's the thing with any of these pack style games. There, it's RNG what you get. Yeah, you know, it just makes things a little. You know, goes ahead and and bumps up your percentages through you know quantity, not necessarily uh, pay to win by. Oh, I can guarantee I'll get this card. You may right. be able to guarantee you'll get enough resources to craft exactly what you want later on, mm-hmm. but that oh, yeah. comes down to your you know choosing of something and. I don't know. It, it it works really well. The uh, the esports thing I think is excellent because it mm-hmm. really needs that. I think uh, the more and that'll actually cause more people to play the game too. Oh yeah, I mean arena as a whole has. I mean I'm one of the people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I see so many people uh, when I'm I'm actually watching people stream the game now. Uh, people are getting partner off playing it because of people watching them. It's a whole kind of phenomenon, if you will. Uh, going mm-hmm. on over in this little corner of the internet in the gaming world. Um, yeah, it's so great. If, for any of our listeners, if you've ever had any interest in Magic or any other card game in particular that's kind of like it, you know, uh, Hearthstone, uh, Pokemon, whatever, um, go download Arena. They give you decks. Play it uh, for a few days, I'd say. Unlock some more of the basic decks and then you'll get the feel for it and they give you all the decks you need to start. You know, you do a week of doing the daily each day, your little quest they give you. Each one unlocks a deck at the end of the week. They unlock like 20 decks for you. All the cards that are in them, you can mix and match and do what you want from that point. And as you play, you unlock cards. Plain and simple. It costs nothing to actually play each day. Um, yeah. So, moving on from Magic. <laughs> uh, so, all right. I hope you both have the list up because it's time for your question. All right. Okay. All right. Which, next, which tab on the list? Which which the talking points? List sorry. Ah. Okay. All right. So up next is the PS Classic window of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. You have a list of eight, seven games in front of you. I mm-hmm. want each of you to guess which one of these I spent the most time on. Intelligent Cube. Hmm. I, you know the the ex- experimenter in me wants to say Persona, but I'm thinking either Jumping Flash or Cool Borders Two. Interesting picks, um, much better than Adams. But okay, damn, 
Now, Damn. overall, and I, I'm I probably I might have I don't know if I would have changed your vote any, but I put three hours into playing the PS Classic one afternoon. That's the time I put into it. So okay, <laughs> and that's there. There's a couple reasons for that. Before I get into the games, I will talk about the hardware some. Um, it is it's so tiny. I posted a picture on Facebook. The console part of it is smaller than a switch a switch screen without the paddles on the side. So it's really tiny. It's a little cute little thing. The controller, because it's an original classic PlayStation controller, that I think it's the accurate uh, size that it was back then. Uh, also kind of awkward to hold in my adult hands, but not terrible. Uh, the controller is actually wider than the console is. Um, wow. It really? So, so it's not even as big as a CD? It would probably... It'd probably I'm be trying about to imagine even. A, yeah. I'm trying to imagine a PlayStation, so... Yeah, I guess uh. it's about... The controller is only, like, a couple millimeters bigger, but still, you know, just as a comparison to size. Uh, and I'll try to remember to post the pictures in Discord that I post on Facebook for you, Adam, since you're a Facebook-a-phobe. Um, That's correct. But, yeah, it's so... The, devil. the uh So, it was mentioned before, it didn't come with a power cable, but you could plug it into, you know via USB power. Uh, none of my screens have that I have at my desk, or at least the ones I wanted it on, that I'd be willing to plug it into, had USB on it because um, mm-hmm. they're monitors, not TVs, which is kind of odd. You'd think a monitor would also have USB. Anyway, not the point. Um, so I was like, okay. So I plugged it into my computer. Computer will not power it. It would not come on. I was like, Aww. okay, that's... That's interesting, but I guess, okay, not enough power going through the USB. I was like, okay, let me try a USB 3, because I had plugged it into a 2. So, okay, USB 3, still no power. I'm like, that's that's odd. Um, and then I remembered reading that said, plug it into any, you know, phone, uh, it said like AC adapter or whatever, for basically meaning a phone charger. So, like, okay, I got one of those at my desk, so I unplugged my phone cord from it, plugged it in, sure enough, it came on. I was like, okay, I don't have the funked hardware. <laughs> It's actually turning on. It just requires more juice than the computer USB will give it. That's fine. Right. Not a huge deal. Again, first world problem for me. I have no other spot on my power uh, strip for a phone charger. So it's either plug in the PS Classic or charge my phone. And by the way, my phone dies at like 70% now because it's always on a charger and the battery's fried. So I kind of <laughs> need it on the charger all day now. But I was like, okay, and that. I was like, I'll give it, and that's kind of why I played for three hours. It was also getting late, but I was also like, yeah, my phone's at like 75%. It's probably going to die soon, so I guess I'm done for the night. <laughs> I need to plug my phone in. <laughs> um, I actually took my girlfriend's charger from her desk because we each have one at her desk and plugged it in for a bit. Um, anyway, so at aside, um, I loaded it up, and the, the classic PlayStation noise, you know, boot up, uh, we knew it was there based on an article I had read with Adam, and uh, it, it the screen lit up, you know, that white, and the sound started. Boy, did it sound terrible. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Welcome back to 1995. I oh, know. It, it was so bad. No. It was so bad that I actually stopped my stream and restarted because I thought my streaming software was glitching. Because it'll do that where it'll to store audio and I'll have to restart the application. I restarted it, restarted the PS Classic, it did it again. It was like, huh. So I listened to some other audio through it and I'm like, 
That's not mm. my streaming software. I know where this is going. That sounds that bad. I'm like, oh yeah. god, my yeah. My nostalgia. Don't misunderstand, Adam. He's not saying that it's like, oh man, this this used to be a cool sound. It sucks today. That's not that's not this story. Mm. The original PlayStation sound still sounds awesome. This this is something else. Yeah. So, so okay. So that that noise is not as crisp as I remember it being, but. Okay, I moved on, and the rest of the game audio was fine for the games. I had no issue, so it was just that particular clip had to be the lowest quality startup sound possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I don't know if it's one for one with what it was. I did not go back and listen to it like I planned on it. I guarantee you I could tell you if I heard it. Um yeah, so like for, I can I can hear somebody playing a game like on like on Twitch or mm-hmm. a YouTube video or whatnot, uh, and I can tell if that's the original game or if they're playing that through a ROM, like Super Nintendo games. If I hear Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, I can tell. You can tell different sound effects just do not sound the same when they're emulated mm-hmm. to the point where it's unnerving for me. Some people may not care. I I care, man. Yeah. So. The first game I picked up was Cold Borders 2. Um, kind of is one of the first games on the list, I think, if not the first. So, like, okay, I'll uh, I'll hop in here. I had never played it before. So I play it, and boy, this has got to be one of the worst aged games on here, <laughs> uh, graphically. And I, I went in with low expectations, okay? I knew PS1. I'm expecting bad graphics. I'd seen the pictures of Siphon Filter. I knew it was going to be bad, okay. Um, cool Borders 2, actually, it has a little intro movie thing that's live action, so that was cool. Um, the music was cool. Uh, and it was that fun, upbeat, you know, snowboarder, skateboarder type music, you know, getting you pumped. To- the old the old X Games, yeah. You yeah. drink some Mountain Dew and go jump off a mountain... <laughs> Fucking shoot sure. yourself in the face, persona. Not go anyway. Um, wow. One game, Adam. Jesus. <laughs> so, so I loaded it up. I started playing, and I immediately realized that playing without analog sticks in a game like this is absolutely miserable. I, I have never played a skateboarding, racing, any type of game where I thought, hey. I should go in first person because that's good. It's always, I'm always in third person. I don't like playing those games in first person. I got to a point where I could literally not progress in a level until unless I went in first person because that changed the way the controls reacted. So I was like, okay, Damn. if I'm in first person and I press up, I'm going to move forward where I'm looking. If I'm in third person, I turn the camera to where I want to go and press up or even go at an angle, I just bounce off this wall repeatedly. So it's like, it's kind of odd. I have to go in first person to, for my board to not bash against the wall. And it's like, mm, this is this is rough. Um, so Cool Borders 2 got a cool 15 minutes out of me. That was enough to lose like four races and go, okay, I'm terrible at this game. And it looks atrocious. Um, <laughs> so You've ruined my day. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> this is the start of the day. So next game I picked up was Destruction Derby. Now, I've talked about this game. Uh, on one, I made an honorable mention type thing. I'm, I wasn't honorable mention. It was bottom of the list, though, for you know the top PlayStation games uh, list mm-hmm. and stuff. 
and I mentioned on the game of the year for the year it came out, etc. A lot of nostalgia here, and it was fun to play it again. Uh, It it's a lot harder than I remember. Um, Yeah, you remember that AI I was telling you about? That was like something that stuck out to me as they key in on you. Does it still do that, or am I misremembering it? No, they do. Um, It's it's one of those things where I I vividly recall. You know, having my strategy, let everybody else go in, reverse into the crowd, start knocking them out that way. Um, boy, it did not go my way. Um, <laughs> I My first game was the best one, and I think I finished like, it, well, it wasn't where I finished in the order. It was how many points I had. I had taken out like eight cars. You know, I had like 25 points because you get points for hitting them, for spinning them. You get bonus points, et cetera. Knock them out, you get points. I had like... 25 plus points. I have to go back to my uh, a clip and look at it. But I, I did very well. The next game I had like three points. I had immediately mm. died. Um, but I finished like fourth in both of them. So it was a matter of how much contact I had with other cars in the process. Yeah, I didn't do well. Um, I had fun playing it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just didn't have the results I wanted. So I, I put 25 minutes in the Destruction Derby. So, so far... Cool Borders 2 of 15, Destruction Derby 25, current leader. All right. Up next, Intelligent Cube. I had never heard of this game. I loaded it up and I went, what is going on? There was no instruction, no little nothing. Not even old school like, you know, press this button to do this type basic intro. You know, these are your buttons. I was like, okay. So I wandered around this little map. I had things rolling at me. And I'm like, okay, how do I avoid them? I was like, okay, there's gaps in these, but they don't overlap, so I'm still going to get hit if I stand in a gap. So I was like, okay, so I died enough to work game over me without accomplishing anything. I'm like, okay. Mm. And I, I think there was a uh, con- uh, settings menu. I went and looked at the controls. Uh, I think I might have looked at the controls if it was there, or I might have just trialed and errored it until stuff happened. But I noticed, hey, if I press the x button or whatever i get a little green square i'm like okay what does that do and just by coincidence i got rid of one of the blocks coming after me i'm like oh okay cool so i set that up again i'm like okay but now i have two coming at me i'm gonna get squished if i do that and there's a whole mechanic i was understanding of putting a square there and then spreading it out and then whatever was on them disappeared so you know how to stagger it out there's a whole strategy to it I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I now understand what this game expects me to do. I'm done with it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the time that I spent figuring this out and then subsequently quitting was five minutes. Damn. Wow. So it goes to the bottom of the list. So, Adam, you're very wrong. Damn. Um, I figured, I, I was thinking puzzle game, you know, puzzle games have an infinite replay value. But if you've only got three hours on there, I'd probably pick something else. Yeah. So, all right. Up next, a classic. One I was looking forward to probably the most on this list to go back and play. Um, just because I remember how fun it was. Nothing mm-hmm. special, nothing extraordinary about the game. It's just a fun game. So I load it up, and sure enough, I'm hopping around. Um, controls aren't as smooth as I remember, of course, because they never are. Um, but I had fun with it. I got jumping flash is what he's talking about, folks. Yeah, I said that. I don't. I don't think you said. I don't, the name. I don't think you did. Wrecked. Mm. 
It's all good. Uh, yeah. all, I mean, also for the audience, I mean, they don't have the spreadsheet in front of us. He has a yeah. list of uh, like seven games, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby, Intelligent Q, Jumping Flash, Seven Filter, Ridge Ranger 4, and Persona. Because uh, guys and gals, y'all can't see what we see. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And I just want to make a note for the editor to go back at that point in time and note that I was correct um, when you hear okay. me say at the start. Um Okay, but yeah, so Jumping Flash, I was looking forward to it, so I loaded up, and yeah, I I had so much fun hopping around in that game. It's so simple. You're basically just collecting carrots and making your way through a level, and you know, they're bad guys, but they typically don't matter. Sometimes they put you in a small space, so you can't jump all, you know, 100 feet in the air like you're expecting. You have to, like, go through these little tunnels, and then the enemies matter more because you're in a confined space, but still, you just hop your way through. Uh, you can shoot the enemies too, so it's not like you're only restricted to hopping. You're a rabbit with a gun. You're like Bucky O'Hare. You're a robot. Thank you very much. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> excuse me, sir. Oh, you're you're a mechanical robot that shoots uh, uh, carrot projectiles like Mega Man X. Yeah. No, they're not carrot yeah. projectiles. They're just we ought to, we ought to do a list of top thing. five mechanical rabbits. Top. 10 video game rabbits. Yes. <laughs> this is up my alley. Um, yeah, definitely you. Uh, I'm making that note right now. But yeah, so I ended up having to stop myself. I was like, all right, I've played through like three worlds at this point. And I actually looked up uh, real quick. I was like, how many worlds are there? It's like seven. I'm like, I'm almost halfway through this game. <laughs> I should slow down and go play something else. Um, and I thought I'd been playing it for a while. I went back to my VOD earlier and actually, you know, using timestamps to determine how long I played each game. I only played it for 15 minutes. So I made some you killer almost, progress. You almost beat the game in 15 minutes. Halfway through, yeah. Worst game of all time. But I had fun. <laughs> that was a very, very that fun 15 minutes. 30 minutes of fun. Is the game worth that? Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so, so far, Destruction Derby still at the top of 25 minutes. All right. <laughs> Next game, Siphon Filter. What a piece of crap. Damn. <laughs> it did not age at all. It, I think it was already aged when it came out. Um, wow. It was, it was nowhere near like a blockbuster, like state-of-the-art thing when it came out. It was like average graphics when it came out. Yeah. So I'm not even going to bother talking about it because I don't. Damn. I couldn't even remember what thing? I did. No. I spent four minutes in it. That wasn't long enough. Um, so I moved on from there. Damn. All right. Up next, Ridge Racer Type 4. Um, now I hadn't played this particular Ridge Racer. I'd played others, of course. Um, there were several on the PlayStation. Um, it's a racing game. Racing games are typically pretty straightforward. You know, you go around the track, you race. It's a racing game. Um, I actually went all the way through, uh, the story mode on this game doing these races i was so determined to win and this game is not like typical racing games where it's like oh hey you got you know fifth place that's fine just move on to the next race and eventually you know you'll have kind of like a season structure this one's like no you have to get in the top three to progress you have to get in the top Mm -hmm. three to progress top three to progress and then it goes oh hey good job winning those races now you have to finish in the top two I had so many times, so many times where I lost neck to neck with the car because I got third place, you know, 
and the second place car was just that smidge in front of me, you know, photo finish. I'm like, all right, I, I got to do it. I can do this race. I have to finish it. So I ended up beating the whole story mode of it with the wow. basic car. Um, clocking in an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I think so far that's everything else combined, maybe. <laughs> yep. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's surprising how, even though graphically it doesn't look good, it still feels like it aged well. The controls still make sense. The controls, even with the old controller, you know, going back, like the other one with the lack of analog sticks was very odd to play for like uh, uh, Cool Borders 2. But this being a straight up racing game, it wasn't terrible. Um, once I got the hang of braking and certain stuff, uh, it's very punishing. The, you know, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but my typical racing game strategy is to bump every wall as I go around a corner and just try demolishing my opponents and getting out in front of them. I cannot <laughs> yep. corner. Cornering is something I don't do well. <laughs> so, but this game, oh, it punishes you if you do that. It punishes you hard. Um, like bringing you almost to a dead stop when you barely touch it. Jeez. So I had, to, I had to very quickly learn how to corner in this game. Unfortunately, it's not terrible. Um, really, the biggest part of cornering in this is not drifting too much because I was in a drift car because uh, that's the one I picked because I thought it would be a little bit of drift. It was a lot of drift. Um, it wasn't, I say it was a drift car. It's not actually called a drift car. It's a racing car with a little bit more drift than the other models. Um, not like I've got slick tires drifting, you know. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of drift. So it took me a while to get the hang of it. But I was determined. And like I said, I finally beat the story mode. Uh, so after that, riding off that high, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go load up an RPG. And I was like, all right, I got Final Fantasy VII. I've got Persona, and I've got Wild Arms. Like, all right, I'm not going to touch Seven now because I've played that fairly recently. That's not, you know, something that I really need to revisit quite yet. Like, all right, so do I want to play Persona or Wild Arms? As much yes. as I want to play through Wild Arms, I was like, all right, I've talked about Persona. We've played Persona 5 and talked about going back to the roots of it. Like, I've got to load up Persona. I know it's not the best game, but this is the start of a franchise, a behemoth, you know? So, like, I've got to play it. Um, so, I loaded it up, um, immediately remembered everything I was seeing uh, from playing it back in the day. I still owned the original disc um, for it. I just never beat it. I don't even know how far I made it in. Uh, I may have already made as much progress as I did back then, mostly. Um, not quite. I probably have a little bit more to go. Um, it's There are some aspects of it that are a little annoying uh but it's it's not terrible what i've played so far um the graphics aren't terrible the world map of course is its top down thing you're not actually seeing your character you have a little uh basically map marker that you move around indicating where you are um and then you have uh first person views in certain areas versus the uh, isometric you know top-down type view. Uh, Someone should remake this game with Persona 5's music. <laughs> Leave everything else just the same. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so the controls took some getting used to, and I'm still technically not used to the... When I'm on the isometric view, you know, you can only move in four directions. But the 
screen is at an angle. So it's actually like, you know, northeast, southeast, not northeast, southwest, you know, not uh-huh. straight cardinal direction. So I'm like, okay, I press up. So I'll go one way. No, nope, it's the other way. I'm like, okay, I remember I got this wrong last time. So I'm going to press the other button this time. I guess I remembered wrong. I always press the wrong button for the direction I want to go on that type of map every single time. So frustrating. Um, it's this whole thing. I, I've i argued with my girlfriend about it. Whenever you yeah. have a screen like that, it's like, okay, well, which way is up? Is it northeast or northwest? You need to get you a, a, a sticky note and right? put like a little compass rose at the corner of your yeah. <laughs> monitor. <laughs> this way is up and it points at a diagonal. It's, yeah. So uh, I put 35 minutes into it. Um making Ridge Racer the game I put the most time in unexpectedly, but it's not, it's just because I ended up going to bed. Uh, I knew if I kept going, I would be playing Persona for a much longer time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see myself, and the only reason I haven't played this is because I don't feel like I'm plugging my phone. That's really the only reason I haven't played it more <laughs> since then. Uh, it's such a first world problem to have. I'm like, I don't want to unplug my phone. I need it. Find one of those dual chargers so, where it uses yeah. one plug and two USBs. And then you'll be golden. I'm a, it's not your fault at all, man. This is this this go to a, just a USB plug in is mm-hmm. yeah. That's not your fault, man. Yeah, and I, I technically could use another outlet, but I have the Christmas tree plugged into it right now. So yeah. Christmas gets overrated. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. Chris, having not played one or two, I'm going to say very lightly yet myself. Uh, you're not gonna get that full feeling until you play three or four. Oh yeah, I know. You know what I mean, I don't yeah. expect it. <laughs> I just I want to. I own this game probably since damn near it came out, so I need yeah. to finally play through it. Um, yeah, I've been kind I of say, in that mood to play some old school classic PlayStation games. Yeah, I say until it sounds bad to say it this way i know but until something in 1 or 2 as i'm playing as i'm playing them grabs me and pulls me away i would if i ever go to 1 and 2 it's just for respect slash homework it's like yeah. all right let's see let's see what i can pull from 1 and 2 that that was just glorified in in 3 4 or 5 so yeah and I like playing through things in order, so I do plan on playing three and four, so I'll give one and two a shot as well. Um, mm-hmm. I may end up hating them. Who knows, you know? But yeah, I it's hard for me to hate a PlayStation-era RPG straight up. Yeah. It's got to do something horrendous and just, like, scar me for life <laughs> for me to not you, respect So let it. me introduce you to Legend of Dragoon. Played and oh, beat God. it. Damn. Now, let me introduce you to Breath of Fire 3 and 4. Cheated and played mm-hmm. and beat 3. I need wow. to play Breath of Fire 3 again. Um, not yes. cheating, so I get the full experience. Let me introduce you to Chrono yes. Cross. Are you... Man. Wrecked. I own it, but I never played it. There you go. You, I you also dodged a it. massive bullet. I also own it. You, should um, you know what, Adam? I'm going to play it just out of spite that. for you. There you go. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're not spiting me. It's yeah. like I'm gonna cut my nose off to spite you. Yeah, there you I, go, man. <laughs> yeah, I I have a lot more leniency than I think either of you two have for uh, games like that. Uh, yeah, it's, I I'm very. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 
when I when I think of that game particularly, it's got a lot of baggage with it. But the uh, as far as PlayStation era RPGs, I can't remember a whole lot of really shitty ones. I know there were some. I remember one that had like a scarecrow as a main character, and it was like trying to be Final Fantasy VII, but not. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was a Western RPG, and it yeah. Well, there's your first problem. <laughs> yep, there's a Western trying to be JRPG. And it had a skeleton, like, I don't remember. It had, like, a scarecrow as a character. That's the only thing I can remember about it. Hmm. Maybe maybe that's something I need to look up and, and come back with. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh... It was, it was atrocious. I remember that. All right. So, moving on from nostalgia. Uh, there was a game release. Uh, I didn't even know anything about this game until I was watching uh, Co-Carnage. Shadow uh, Madness. No. That was um, the name of the game. No. Oh, the one you're talking about, PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Never heard of it. Anyway, moving on. So I was watching Co, and someone goes, hey, are you going to play this? Uh, it's kind of like XCOM. And I dialed in, and I was like, what? And uh, Googled it, and it's like, yeah, it comes out tomorrow, but if you pre-order, technically you can start playing today. I was like, ooh. Now, this was the day I got my PlayStation Classic, so I didn't play the game. I did go buy it. But I didn't play it until the next day. And again, this is kind of one of the reasons I didn't immediately go back to the classic as well. Because this game popped up on my radar. I love XCOM games. They are very hard. They cheat like hell. But it's so much fun. Uh, it's a strategy game. Tile, turn-based, whatever you call it. So, Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, is the, name, the full name of the game I'm talking about. And it is a post-apocalyptic uh, game and the main two characters you start out with you know, the game has mutant in the name so it kind of makes sense is a pig and a duck. Now these are not your standard pig and duck these are humanoid walking on two legs carrying guns you know, animal people um mutants so it, it's compl- at, from the start it's like this is interesting um and i can't remember if it was ko or zeke that said on drop frames when they're talking about this game but it is one of the things that make this game that makes this game so good with the way they did the theme of it is there even though you have a pig and a duck this is a serious game they are mm-hmm. very serious about what they're doing their voice acting which is superb is a very serious thing uh, the duck is kind of the more lighthearted one, not super like joking around, but you can tell he's not as serious as the pig. The pig is like, shut up and let's go. You know, he's the down to business getting shit done, you know, character in this. So immediately the characters are very interesting. I'm like, okay. And so the way XCOM works is you have your ship and then you have your battle maps. So when this game says it's XCOM, like I'm like, okay. I'm going to have something, but I'm going to have battle maps. That's essentially what I'm expecting you to jump right into. No. You start with control of your characters. And you move around with... uh, or You move your characters around the map, and you're exploring. So you actually have this world to explore, which is very not (laughs) XCOM-like. You don't get to just wander around in XCOM. You have your base and combat maps, like I said. Uh, So you are completely out of turn-based combat... At this point, and you don't enter turn-based combat until you 
actually uh, trigger an attack with an enemy, whether you attack them or they see you. Uh, there's a whole mechanic where you're sneaking around. Um, if you sneak, which you turn your flashlight off and kind of crouch down and be quieter, enemies have a shorter detection range. If you walk around with your flashlight, it's like double the range of what they can right. see you. Makes sense. Right. Um, so you have this whole mechanic where you can completely avoid fights a lot of times if you don't want to get involved in it. Uh, there are some story-related ones where they obviously want you to do them, but you can choose how you approach these. You can choose to pick off a single enemy if you can do so undetected because there are silenced weapons. Um, and this isn't a spoiler. This is stuff kind of the first tutorial-type areas walk you through. Um, but you have silenced weapons. If you take out an enemy with the silenced weapon and the enemy isn't too close to something else uh, and you kill it without alerting the enemy, because if you, like, partially damage it, then when it's its turn, it's like, hey, come help me, you know, uh, type thing, alerting its comrades, and then you get swarmed. So there's this heavy stealth strategy type thing outside of combat where you can take out enemies. It technically goes into combat when you uh, choose to take one of them out, but it'll be your turn, or one character's turn, the other character's turn, and if you killed it, you have that moment of, okay, is combat ending? <laughs> or did someone notice? And you wait and it goes back into the out of combat mode and you're like, yes, I got it. So then you stealth around some more and you, you choose your approaches. It's a whole different way of looking at these types of games, these XCOM type games, instead of dropping in the map after map. And instead of once you're in combat, you're always in combat. I haven't yet done this because I'm not good at sneaking around. Uh, once I'm in combat and I'm not sure exactly how the mechanics work, but, uh, there's supposedly a way I think, and I need to do some research on this to confirm, but I think there's actually a way when after you're in combat, if you hide, which is a mechanic in the game in combat, you can also hide, which basically lowers the enemy's hit chance. And if they don't see you, they won't actually know where you are anymore. So if you break vision with them and hide, they'll wander out and go, Hmm, I wonder where he is, you know, instead of like XCOM where it's like, yeah, he's around that corner. I know that I'm going to go kill him. You know, I <laughs> even without line of sight, they know where you are. This isn't the case. So even in combat, you've got this whole other stealth layer to it. And it makes for a very interesting, dynamic game. Um, one of the reasons I haven't gone back to the game, though, is I'm playing on normal, by the way, uh, Mm -hmm. Not super relevant, I think. Uh, I know Ko, he was playing on hard, and he seemed to be kind of having an identical experience to what I had. So I don't think there's a huge difference between them in the first place, at least early game. Um, but because you can stealth around things, and sometimes it's, that's all you're supposed to do. They'll be, like, at the start of the game, at one point, there are enemies that are, like, level 50, and you're level 2. So they mm. clearly want you to not engage with them. And they're kind of teaching you the stealth aspect of the game. That's still kind of tutorial territory. Um, yeah. It's like, okay. Um, but later on, it's like, okay, I'm running out of places to go that won't murder me or that I don't feel like will murder me. So, you know, typically reloading in a game like this, save scumming, however you want to put it. Uh, this game kind of requires it, at least on a first playthrough, just to learn mechanics. Mm. completely because like okay i know i can stealth kill people now i know it's gonna be some rng to it because i have a percentage to hit but as long as i hit 
I'm going to do one of two values of damage. I'm either going to do my normal damage or I'm going to crit. There's no in-between damage. But I still have that chance to miss, and sometimes I need a crit to actually be able to take out this guy stealthily. Because early on, you only have one stealth weapon, but you have two characters. Mm. So if your first one can't one-shot an enemy, then you're screwed. So you have to... And there's a weapon upgrading system, so you have to go, okay, well, I'm going to prioritize upgrading my stealth weapon, obviously, because I need that extra pip of damage uh, to do five instead of four, because some of the enemies have four, but these have five. I can't rely on a crit to get me through these situations, so I need to upgrade. Uh, so there are obvious situations where you can pick an enemy off. They have uh, 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 patterns, uh, pathing patterns that you can watch and go, okay, when he gets to this part of his path, I'll take him out there. He's furthest away. And even if I have to use a loud weapon, uh, there's a chance they may not hear me because they may be too far away and don't actually see me yet. Because hearing does not equal sight. Hearing just tells them there's someone over here. Uh-huh. If they hear it and you run away fast enough or they haven't gotten to you yet, sometimes it'll go back to the map. That NPC will still be walk. The enemy will still be walking across the map to where you are. But if you back out, you're still unknown. They know a gunshot came from over there, so they're kind of in the area looking around. But you're safe for the moment, you know. So that again, there's this whole dynamic around stealth and being very particular where you pick your thing, your fights. But I'm getting to the point where, uh, and I saw someone mention this in chat too. They're like, "Yeah, I've done everything I think I can do, and I'm running out of things to do." Uh, I kind of encountered that. That's kind of where I stopped for the night when I played. Uh, I put in six hours in the game. Uh, I think this is all one sitting. Um, so I put in a lot of time. It's a fun game. But I got to the point where I'm like, I this is rough. It's this is very rough. Wear thin, I guess, kind of. Yeah. It, uh, and it's one of those things I'm just going to buckle down and explore more, you know. Uh, see are there upgrades I missed. Like I went back and I was like, okay, well, I now have uh, a bunch of grenades, which grenades are awesome, but there's a very limited quantity. Um, and there's not really grinding in the game. You know, you can't just go, okay, we'll go over here and level up on the bad guys over and over. Once they're dead, they're dead, as far as I know. I don't know if they ever come back, unless there's like a story reason for them too. But based on what I've seen, not the case. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm... A very fun game. If you like XCOM, I I gently recommend it. Um, let me see. I'm trying to remember how much the game even is right now. Uh, I want to say it's not even full. Yes, yeah, 35 bucks. So that's not bad. Um, if you're a big XCOM fan like I am, 35 bucks totally worth the risk. Um, maybe you'll have a better experience. Maybe you'll you know have the same situation but not see it as a bad thing. You know. See those typical XCOM type strategy, you know, figuring it out type thing. Um, I've never been one to play XCOM on the harder difficulties because it screws you over enough on normal. Um, the last one I actually thought about putting on easy just so I could finish the game because uh, I never did that because it was so difficult at times. Um, yeah, so that's Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. Solid game. Um, another game I bought... A- and I'd say a month ago or so at this point, um, but never really loaded up. I just bought it because it's on sale, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, but it's Dragon Quest Eleven. I've never played a Dragon Quest before, and I just kind of picked this one up very casually. I was 
bored after work or something and I only had a little bit of time. Uh, so I only played it for two hours, but that's not, that wasn't a bad two hours. I didn't like quit this game like I did some of the others. Uh, it was, it was nice to play an RPG, a modern RPG, I should say. Um, and just kind of chill because it's a very, uh, uh, casual type pace game. You know, there's nothing crazy, mm-hmm. insane going on. It's not a platform or it's not a strategy game where I'm pulling my hair out, trying to figure things out. Uh-huh. Right. It's like, all right, right. I'm just going to go fight some enemies. I'm going to kill some bad guys, beat the boss, progress the story. And life is good. Um, so it's very refreshing in comparison to some of the other games I've been playing. Uh, that's kind of how I felt with the last Dragon Quest I ever played. I think that was seven or uh, it might have been, I think it was eight for the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having any part of it that like just bogged me down, but I also don't remember any part that was like, you know, blindfold running through this game. It felt like a very well paced RPG. Yeah. So I started the game out. I'm playing it on PC. Um, I bought it as part of a Steam sale. That's why I have it on Steam. Um, Same here, yeah. Which is typically not what I do. Typically for an RPG like this, I'd buy it on a console. Just having to work out that way. Um, and I had my controller plugged in. So I was like, yeah, I'll load it up. Because I didn't want to do it without a controller. And I'd been lazy. But since I had plugged in, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Um, the I'm trying to think of what to really say about it. Um, let's see. Combat system. It's So it's in, it's a game where you can see the enemies on the map. I'm. I always have mixed feelings about that. In this case, it works fine. I don't have any real issues with it. Um, it's kind of funny to watch enemies actually run away from you as you're stronger. It's one of those where they're smart enough to recognize. Yeah, yeah this guy's higher that. level, um, and I chase them down and kill them anyway. You <laughs> savage! Uh, <laughs> I need experience. I need a level. Uh, story so far is interesting. Um, I I know nothing about. Dragon Quest games. Period. I've seen They're all they're all singular. Yeah, I I've seen graphics of or pictures of them, that's about it. I don't watch really any trailers anything like that. Outside of something they may have shown at E3, probably haven't seen any content from the game at all. So, going in, no expectations other than an RPG franchise. I can probably expect good, good things from. Um, so I go in, uh story like I was saying, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with it. Uh, immediately, there are twists and turns, you know, at the very beginning. Uh, betrayal, etc. Uh, some interesting moments um, with characters. There are characters you're obviously going to see later, but then it's like, well, hmm, I, I don't really want to leave this character now because I'm just getting to kind of be introduced to their character. Um, but then I leave and meet other characters. Uh, it's it's interesting so far. Like I said, I only put in two hours, so I'm just scratching the surface. You know, I fought like one actual boss so far, I think. So, no. uh, very chill RPG. Um, I can see it being one I'd probably go back to uh, sooner than other games on my list right now. Uh, just because of how chill it is. Uh, Honestly, if I if I, as I was waning off of Xeno years, that was that was going to be the game that I went to. Was a nice mainly for me because it was a recent RPG purchase as well. Yeah. Um, so the last game on my list, finally, this long long list, um, is the new Smash Brothers game. 
uh, Smash Ultimate for the oh. Switch. Um, I've played like all the Smash games since GameCube. I may have missed the first one, but I think I went back and I got it later or something like mm. that. So I, I played quite a bit. I'm not a great Smash player at all. Um, yeah, me either, man. It's fine. Uh, man, it's one of those games where I I know there's a shield mechanic. I don't use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I just, I can't function. That's too many things at once for me. I'm barely able to get my attacks coordinated while trying not to get murdered. Um, I had a funny situation where uh, I was fighting essentially a boss in one of the modes. I'll talk about the modes in a minute. But I was fighting this boss and uh, I was one hit from death. They got a smash ball type ultimate thing going on. And I just happened to press the trigger in the air at the right time. I dodged their ultimate move. Wow. It was such a frame perfect, almost seeming, it seemed like it. It was yeah, incredible moment, and it was pure luck and coincidence. Wow. I had just started. Still I think, felt that, good, though, huh? Yeah. I had just started that match or the match before actually learning how the dodge mechanic worked and this is like four hours into my six hours worth of playing it uh mm-hmm. so i was just learning a new mechanic and just happened to time it because i was hitting every button trying to not get murdered uh so yeah so smash ultimate um something we already know from e3 and whatnot tons of characters um i'd have to actually pull up my game to check i think i only have like 20 characters unlocked. I think there's like 70 something, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. 70 plus, yeah. approaching 80, something like that. Yeah, so it's it's a ridiculous number um, and unlocking them takes a while. Yep. Um, which isn't a big deal. I've That's kind of been how I play Smash is going, unlock all the characters, you know? That's kind of when I yeah. consider myself essentially done with the long playing of it. After that's, you know, loaded up for some quick matches or something. Yeah, yeah. So this one is interesting. Um, they've added a couple different systems, and I don't think they're in the other games at all. If they are, I completely missed it, and my bad. But, so they added this spirit system. So Yeah, that's new. Yeah, so the way the spirits work is they're basically helpers. Um you have they don't help you directly in combat, but they boost your character's strength um, and toughness, which is an interesting concept in a Smash game because typically everybody's kind of on a level playing field. You know, sure, you have some characters that hit harder than others, some that are faster than others, etc. But this is like a straight-up boost to how tough your character is. So you can be Yoshi against another Yoshi, and you're technically stronger than the other Yoshi because of your spirit companions. Um, you have a main spirit that helps you that or that takes the I guess, I don't know what the proper term is. It's your main spirit you choose uh, to be with you. And then you have minor spirits that fill in these other slots uh, and give you different boosts. Like there's one that makes it to where you uh, jump higher and that'll take up typically one slot uh and your your main spirit will have little basically accessory slots that you can slot your other spirits into to get their boots so uh because i pre-ordered i unlocked uh i started out with dragonite from pokemon as a spirit i had unlocked from the start 
instead of using one of the weaker uh, ones that starts you with or having to unlock them. I don't think you get any to start with. Um, so I, you know, equipped my Dragonite as out of a statement as that is. Um, and then I went into this other spirit mode, which it's actually called the World of Light. Um, and there's this pretty cool cutscene that plays out when you enter it. And all these fighters are captured um, or whatever. And basically the world of light is you rescuing all the other heroes. Um, so this is this is one of the ways you can unlock characters. Um, the others are basically completing anything else. You know, you just complete random matches against your friends. After you're done, maybe one of them will challenge, you know, and you unlock them as a player or as a selection. Um, there are the... Uh, modes, classic modes like the 100-man uh, endurance match. You can play those, and after that, you'll probably get a challenger. There's the character. It's not, I think they call it a story mode, but it's not really a story mode. It's just kind of you fighting against enemies that relate to who you're playing. Um, so you're playing as Kirby. You're going to play against Kirby world, Kirby universe characters, you know or on maps that relate, or something like that, and with some filler in between, and after that's over, you fight a challenger. Um, uh, let's see. The, so going back to Spirit World, it's a very interesting thing. You have kind of a world map with points on it uh, where you have particular paths you follow. It's not like you can wander anywhere on it. It's not an open world map, but it is a world map with uh, basically points of interest and lines going to them. They'll vary from just normal fights to uh, there'll be some debuff, like the floor will be lava. And that's what it says on screen. You're like, haha, floor is lava. I get it. <laughs> but it'll literally be on fire, lava. And go. if you fall in there, you start burning, you know. Uh, so there will be handicaps, you essentially have, and your enemy will be immune to that, of course. So they can go in the lava all they want. Um, some of them, the enemy is stronger. Or the enemy's big, or the enemy's metal, or they—if they eat food, you know—the item spawns that appear that are food, they get stronger. So you're chasing around an enemy that's eating food and healing, and then every time it does that, it can turn around and hit you and almost one-shot you. So you have this race to collect food while beating on the enemy while avoiding their hits if they get the food. All the while, if your spirit, because spirits have elements, of course, there are three primary. And there's a neutral. Uh, the pr the three primary have, you know, a strength weakness chart. You know, X is, uh, can beat Y. Y can beat Z, but Z can beat X. You know, that type of, type of uh, structure. Uh, triangle, if you will. Um, and then there's neutral, which is, just, like I said, neutral. Off to its side, uh, not doing anything. Uh, so if the enemy on the map you're playing is a is strong against you. So on top of these other handicaps they're giving you for this particular match, you also have to deal with your spirits, compatibility, weakness, triangle situation. Sometimes you're stronger, sometimes you're weaker, sometimes you're the same, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it's just another factor you have to <laughs> keep in mind. And it, I don't think that plays a huge part in it uh, overall, I haven't seen a huge difference between being strong against someone and being weak against someone. It's typically, I'm just that much stronger. You know, my Dragon Knight's level 99 now. So, going against, uh, which brings my little power number they give me up to, you know, let's say 3,000. Uh, I think it's more like 
five, uh, I don't even know. It might be up to like six or eight thousand. But going against an enemy that's a thousand power, it doesn't matter what type of spirit they have, whether it's weak against me or strong against me, I'm still going to trounce them probably. Hmm. Unless the map condition is, you know, it reverses your controls, which is one of the worst, worst things it can give you. It's like, oh, sometimes left is right and right is left. And you're in the air jumping, and all of a sudden you jump off the level and kill yourself. Doesn't matter how strong the enemy is, because you just suicided. (coughs) It's uh, a... I mean, little little touches like that do add a lot to the the life of the game, though. Yeah. I mean, it's a great mode. I I didn't even know it existed until I was... Let's say I put six hours in. I was probably two hours in when I looked up, you know, ways to unlock characters just to see if I was missing something. Because I figured, you know, do fights and unlock them as you go. I'd already done a couple at that point. It was Uh like, just to make sure, let me see what I'm missing, if anything. It's like, yeah, you can go to the World of Light mode. I'm like, World of Light mode? What is that? Because it's not, like, listed on the menu directly as that. You have to, like, go into a spirit menu and then into another button. And it's like, and then it takes you into this World of Light and plays the cutscene and all that. I'm like, oh, I thought that was just some silly little thing and you realize that was an entire almost rpg-ish you know story structured thing uh there's a uh in relation to the spirit there's a spirit board where you can just fight spirits and unlock them over and over uh with the uh, they have the same conditions like the world of light has where there'll be some level condition or they'll be buffed or something you know um but you have uh, after you beat them, you have to do this little shooty mini game to shoot the person you just fought uh, while a little shield spins around them. So you have to shoot through the gap in the shield. Uh-huh. And depending how strong an enemy are, that shield may be going like 90 miles an hour uh-huh. and there's just like no chance. Or it may be going super snail slow because it's like a tier one, you know, spirit. Uh-huh. So, uh, and if you miss, you don't get the spirit. So even though you beat them in combat, you have to shoot the person you beat to get the spirit that's helping them. Uh, it's a very odd mechanic. I think if you beat them, you should just get the spirit. Because um, I've won some very difficult fights and then immediately not gotten the spirit because I missed a shot. Um, if you miss and hit the shield, it breaks the shield wherever you hit it. So you automatically give yourself more of a success chance on the second time. Uh but if you fail a second time, then you're gone. You're done. It The spirit runs away or whatever. Um, there are items, in-game items, you can use to slow it down or shrink the shield or something like that. But I haven't used any of mine I have because uh, I'm not an absolute scrub, you know. Damn. Um, but yeah, so think, there's uh, all these... Go ahead. I said it. <clears throat> I, 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 I think if it was important enough to me, I'd probably burn those items as quick as I... <laughs> I'd be like, nope, nope, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I'm not beating this dude again. Yeah, I probably would if I got to that point against, like, what they consider ace or legendary uh, spirits. But I can't even beat those matches yet. So I'm not super concerned. I'm still fighting. So there's kind of a star system on the enemies on the board. It's like, okay, one star are the plebs. I know I'm going to beat them. Um, Like I said, unless it's like a left is right type thing where it changes on you. That's typically the only time I lose those. Yeah. Or Bar- I jump off the map and barring suicide. Yeah. So is there anything um, else about this game that, that kind of was unique? Um, 
I think the spirit mode is really the biggest thing because it will actually let you use spirits in normal fights too against like other players. Um, oh, that's going to change the meta a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you can expect that to be tournament acceptable, <laughs> but against your friends, you know, you can choose. And uh, aside from buffing you in combat, I think, I don't know if you have the bar unlocked, but there is a mode where you build up ultimate power or a special power instead of having to collect a smash ball mm -hmm. uh, to get your ultimate. So as long as you're doing well in combat, you'll eventually unlock it uh, probably sooner than waiting on a smash ball. So it adds a little bit more dynamic, and I think having a spirit speeds that up. Um, I think gameplay-wise, it feels like Smash. You know, I'm not one of those things, oh, this Smash version is so much better than the other Smash version. They all feel the same to me as far as gameplay goes, you know, controls and stuff. Mm -hmm. So aside from, like, being on the Switch now, that's probably the only thing that changed, you know, getting used to a little bit different controller. I'm playing with the uh, Pro Controller for the Switch. So it's even less of a difference for me. All right. Is that is that uh, is that all you had for for games this week, or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Did did I put Michael to sleep? I think Michael died. No. I think okay. he's dead. <laughs> Rip. Rip Michael. I will say, in the entirety of the end of time cast, that definitely was the longest week. <laughs> Yeah, but that I, was a lot of games too. I mean, when you're when you're in a slump, that's gonna happen. One, you're two, gonna have three, multiple games you're playing four, through, five, six, seven, and eight, plus nine, you got the classic stuff thrown in there too, which you yeah. now that's not even all the classic stuff. So, nope. yeah, it's gonna happen. Uh, and on that note, uh, no topic for this week, folks. We're approaching the fourth hour of this episode, so we're gonna call this <laughs> and quits. Uh, we're gonna save that to next week, which means the end of time casts uh, review discussion of uh, the game awards is gonna be a little bit late than normal. But man, we've we've got to talk about these game awards. They've they've got to be. Mm -hmm. And that's so, why uh, today's we'll episode have... is six hours long. Buckle in, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have a little shorter weeks or something next time, but uh, yeah, we're definitely going to get this Game of War discussion in. Not tonight, not for this episode, though. So, um, any of these games, uh, these these 37 games that Chris played, if you have any opinion on, um, especially the PS Classic, I'm definitely interested to hear our audience's take on the P on their uh, take of the PS Classic, because I've, I've heard so many horror stories. I've heard the PAL versions that are in there, the forced uh, perspectives, the the audios. It, apparently, the entire thing almost run pretty much runs off an emulator as mm -hmm. it is. Which again, the audio that I've heard from so many games that that's been a cue for me. Uh, this thing seems pretty shabby, and I'd love to hear. I love to hear other people's opinions on this. Um, anything we brought up tonight, uh, it'd be great to hear discussion on anything from a past episode. Uh, many ways to get a hold of us, folks. Always many ways to get a hold of us. You can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It should take you to our page. It may be how you found this episode right here. You can send us an email to endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny uh, numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can uh, tweet us, retweet us, whatever you want to do. Anything that you want to discuss ask gripes we'll take it we don't mind we want to discuss with our audience we want to get some feedback and uh it's one of the many reasons why we do this podcast in general but that's gonna do it for tonight's episode thanks for listening everybody and 
until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not your name. Good night, everybody. Bye.